Okay, let's uh, let's record a podcast. All right, make some magic, brother. Let's make this one all about me. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Edrick. And I'm Ian Boothby, and today we'll be talking about The Crown. The Crown. Yeah. The, not, t- the not, TV show The Crown? No, the crown you're gonna get. You got you just booked some dental work. I did just in front of you. You got to hear my my phone manner. Mm-hmm. My nervous. And it was this. It was uh Hello. <laughs> it was, it was very odd. I like to do an Edwin impersonation yeah. when I when I get on the phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah. Also, that guy. And it was also it was also weird. Yeah. Then the uh, person on the other line was like, "Yes," and I was like, "Wow, it's all <laughs> old timey radio uh, stuff." You don't want to be getting dental work though from like the nineteen forties or That's early fifties right. though. Let me talk to my dent. Let me talk to the dentist. Sigh, sigh, see, see, sigh. Yeah. They'll give you the finest mix of mercury and asbestos. <laughs> Just pack it in that tooth. That tooth ain't gonna Please catch on fire do. for nothing. Don't worry about it. It's all fine, but you're getting your uh, you're getting some dental work done though. I'm getting some crowns. Some crowns are replacing large cavities that are the the fillings are no longer uh, tenable, I guess. Okay, so crown. Okay, now I've never had a crown before. Well, so what's just wait what, your turn. Okay, so what's the so what's the deal with the crown? Like, what's the crown made of? Is it made of the same stuff that fillings are? No. Or, uh, what 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 is it? I believe that your your uh, tooth is is ground down to a nub. Okay, and then the the crown has a fix to it. I don't know if it has a plug. Like I don't know if they drill down into the tooth a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they but they glue it on. They they cement it in place with, okay. with cement, and then you have that, and it re- replicates the original shape of your tooth, so, mm. so hopefully, and then uh, and that will it's 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 stronger than a, ca- a filling, I guess. Okay. So have you had one done before? I have had okay. some done before. And I, how I, is the process? I like... have I have weak teeth, so. I have nicely shaped teeth. Right. Everyone compliments me on my teeth. And I never had like braces or anything. But my teeth as a unit are weak. Are weak. Right. Because I remember you were uh, you bit a feather once <laughs> and then your teeth just shattered. Well, that's almost true. We were talking about it before the show started. I once ate a, a Sour Patch Kid and uh, and my tooth uh, shattered. It was in your presence. We were, we were doing one of those sort of things where you're like, hey, let's get some junk food. Yeah, and we'll watch some watch some movie or TV or whatever that you wanted to show me, and so I probably got a Slurpee, and I I got I thought that's not enough sugar. No, I'm also going to get some uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, and then get a couple of Pixie Sticks <laughs> and some Lickem Stick as well. Yeah, 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 just pure all powder. And so then I, uh, I you know, I was doing whatever. It's hard to believe with that diet that my teeth would be weak. Right, but and anyway. you said punch me in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> and I bit into a. It was already like it was already a tooth that had had a previous filling in it. Okay. And I guess it just had been undermined through through the ages, and it it, came, it broke in my mouth. Was that a painful situation? No. Okay. Not at all. Just disquieting to. Have yeah, your... it's more like kind of oh, I gotta go to the dentist. Right. And... Have you ever had a, uh, a a broken bone? No. Okay. Have so you? the rest of your bone. Nope. So the rest of your bones are nice and strong, but your teeth are a little weak. Yeah. Okay, it's a it's one weird. bit that's... Uh, I don't know if my teeth, my bones are strong, but I just have never... Well, you've had broken. enough stuff happen to you that they would probably have just gone, it should have come down to it. I can't believe that, yeah, the things that I did growing up and having, like, my brothers and I, the, the 
antics we got up to did not result in something being broken. And you've got like a couple of very physical jobs you've done as well that Mm -hmm. it's conceivable that, you know, stuff happened. There's times you've gone to hospital for things. Actually, you know what? I do think that I broke this finger right here when I was a farrier. Oh, okay. I've got a big, it it must have got fractured at least because I have a big like calcification there where Mm -hmm. the the bone mended itself and it's got a big lump of of bone there of calcium, I guess from the calcium, you know, buildup. But that wouldn't have been a broken one. I probably just a fracture from getting right. kicked in the finger or something. Yeah, I think I might have broken my hands when I was a kid. Uh, I used to squeeze them a lot and mess them up. So my fingers go in odd directions. That's uh, it's okay. conceivable that yeah. uh, that uh, that happened. That's why you always finger me. I always wondered by that. I don't like to comment on it. Here. That's why I was what? You're always like give me the finger. No, while we're you talking. Did, that's not what you I said. I didn't say. <laughs> I, you know what I meant. Not. Unfortunately, when I said that, I thought, oh, that's so. That's a word with double. And, Double yeah. meanings, and I'm sorry I said it. And that then his teeth shattered. <laughs> it's very odd. It's an odd start to the show, bringing that stuff up. Fair enough. Fair enough. You started it. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I've been meaning to call for a while because I went in for a regular checkup a little while ago, and they said they recommended that I I have a couple of teeth re- re- reduced to crowns, and then uh, I have dental. I have dental through work, so then they needed to like. Uh, put together like a proposal i guess and send that to the to my insurer and right. the insurer goes eh all right and so it's 100 percent coverage which oh, is that's nice good. and so they approved it and so now i can get it done it's about time but then this was a while ago that this all started so i've been postponing it and they phoned me the other day and i'm and i happened to see it and i thought well you know what this is the time because whenever i think about this they're closed it's one of those things convenient well, I'd recommend uh, I'd recommend uh, planning your music in advance. Hmm? Yeah, get get your music planned oh, okay. in advance through your headphones. Oh, really? Yeah. I never I never do that. Well, what do you want? Just uh, they're they're probably gonna go. Do you want some TV? Or no, something? I don't like TV on. I'm... So just nothing. I just yeah, I just look up at the ceiling. And you just, just want to hear the. Yeah. You want to hear your teeth being ground into a nub? Yeah, soothing. It's fine. I don't. Okay. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, that's all right. I just you're and... a regular Nina Matsumoto. Is what you are. <laughs> me and my thoughts. Well, it's just that I feel well, like the thoughts are usually, hey, that I, that's what my tooth smells like when someone's grinding it. I mean, I'm like everyone else. Like nowadays, mm-hmm. no. All right. Let's see what follows after that. Let's see that. Like, like nowadays, you started the sentence with, yeah. "I'm like everyone else." Okay, go go. I'll often like when I shave, I'll like prop my phone up and I'll watch YouTube videos while I'm shaving. Now, like in the past. That's not normal? No, not oh. to me. But okay. okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I'll just be shaving and I'll have the video playing. And I'm not watching it all the time, but you know, it's there. And, but I feel like, and I've resisted like listening to music in the shower. Although we have a speaker, we have like a waterproof speaker that's right. there. The girls like to use it. And, but I've resisted that because I feel like, you know, in your, in our lives, we filled our, our time, like our downtime with so much like noise that it's hard to like have like like thinking time where you're just like thinking. Right. You know, like bored. Right. Like in the shower and you're just bored or shaving and you're bored. Like now I've filled that boredom with with uh with with this YouTube videos. You know, it's before that's my that's mind was kind of just thinking that like I can't remember a time where I've been in the shower and I've gone <sighs> Well no, because but your brain is working, so you're thinking about things. You might maybe you're singing a song or maybe you're thinking about something, maybe you're thinking about Something you're gonna sure. do, or you maybe you're, you know, meditating on something or whatever. Like just yeah. what your your brain wanders. It so is that, good to give your brain time yes. to be bored, and yeah, I'm yeah. all for that. Whereas yeah. if it was music playing, then I would be listening to that music, and my mind would be engaged with that. Maybe I would 
faded out. It would I would become say, okay, noise. there's a difference. See, here's why these are different. Like, yeah. if you're in the shower, yeah. you're not, unless, you know, you find a lump, yeah. you're not stressed out in the shower. You know, you're you're oh, yeah. in the shower. You're just like, no, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I can understand how you know that's a good boredom place. Uh, but but like when you're at the dentist, if you're like not like Nina, not like I suppose <laughs> you, but like if I was to go, the majority of people, yeah, they have some anxiety about going to the dentist. Oh, the yeah, idea of. I'm going mm -hmm. to now ground your tooth to a nub, <laughs> yeah. perhaps uh, drill into the center of it yeah. to put a little screw in there, yeah. and then I'm going to put a cap on that and yeah. glue that in there. Mm -hmm. That Just saying those things, there's people out there listening to this going, ooh, they're saying anxiety. Mm -hmm. So for them, a distraction or a soothing song would probably be a good thing. Whereas you, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've had LASIK surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess there was stuff that I could have distracted myself with when it was going on. Sure. But it was like, I was just kind of interested. So, mm -hmm. you know, sorry, everyone. But like, I've, I've, uh, I've had my eyes, you know, lasered and, uh, and, and, and little folds peeled off and then they do business and they put it back up there. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess I could have been distracted, but I was just interested. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I know what my burning eyes smell like. <laughs> You're very familiar. Yeah. yeah, often I'll fall asleep on the when I'm at the dentist. Okay, I'll just drift off while the procedure's being done, and they're okay with that as long as, like I said, as long as you're not. A biter while you're sleeping right and also you, you know sometimes they have to give you instructions to do something sure then they have to wake you up but yeah i know it's i just find it just soothing a meditative as long as you're time. half asleep like i would not want to wake up from a deep dream and then be in a dentist <laughs> no office. no it's just a, you're right it's just drowsing i'm not i'm not going into deep rem sleep or something where i'm having vivid dreams then wake up and your mouth is frozen <laughs> in a you know Bizarre grin. <laughs> You're drooling. I mean, I drool anyway if I sleep during the day. So yeah, my uh, my wife uh, convinced me to go to her dentist once, and she was—I uh, don't know where she's from, but let's say Russia. Sure. And she was just just a tough as nails, mm -hmm. boy howdy, gush, turn it, <laughs> get it done, and uh, she got it done. Yeah. And uh, I did, I didn't want to go back to that. Really? No, it was just yeah. to uh, smack them around and get it <laughs> get it done. And yeah, I never and, had know, that. Never yeah, had that. After that, I went to uh, you know the the I don't want to say the sissy dentist, but it was the it was the lie down and there's TV above you and there's everything and put on your podcast and do the whole thing and uh, that's fine. It was like I can take my mind somewhere else. I'm, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And now I got kind of a split the difference dentist, and uh, you know it's more grounded. It's a uh, it's uh, cheaper. I like that because uh, my stuff is not covered. Uh, and they're, <laughs> they're good. They did a really good job. Yeah. The last time around. Yeah. Yeah. No, the dentist I used to have was was very reasonable, and and he just worked by himself. He didn't have a dental hygienist or anything. He just did all the cleaning and and all the dental work himself. Yeah, and that cut the cost because you're not paying for someone else to do the work as well. You're just one guy. And yeah, he, like beforehand, he goes, "Do you care about hygiene?" <laughs> and like on a scale of one to ten, yeah, how important how is important it? To is you? it? Six, well, you know, five. I'm old enough to remember when dentists put their bare hands in your mouth. So I remember when gloves came in during when, that was during the HIV AIDS epidemic. Everyone became very concerned about blood, which mm -hmm. is reasonable. And so, yeah, the gloves became the thing of the day. Before that, it was just them reaching in your hand with their, their bare skin in your mouth, which is a very weird feeling, especially when you're a kid and their hands are so much bigger than your mouth. Yeah, and you don't want to taste your dentist. Yeah, no, no. And I always feel, though, that I had pretty good dentists. Like, I, they weren't, they didn't feel overtly cruel or, or callous in any way, especially the, the one that we most recently, like the... 
that was when I had the longest. Like I went to him when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. all the way into adulthood. The girls went to him, and Lisa as well. I made her go when she got a when a person you and her, who's never had a cavity in her entire life goes to a dentist and gets a cavity. That to me feels like someone would need to make a Porsche payment. And so I made her stop going to the dentist and start going okay. to our dentist. And she's never had a cavity. Like her, like her mom, her and her brother all have teeth like iron. Like it's just amazing to me. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's genetic, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, he was a very good dentist, very calm, very calming. He would t- talk to you very calmly. While was working, he would tell you everything he was going to do before he did it. You know, so he never surprised you. You know, didn't leap out from behind a cupboard wearing a mask or anything. It's pretty nice. The only the thing that was weird about it though is that he he made everything like he was in like an older building like down the street in in Delta. He was on the Delta side. Okay. And we have there's a street that's sort of a border boundary between the Surrey and Delta. This people understand. And so he was on the Delta side of the street in an older kind of building, and everything worked there. It felt it felt right. Yeah. It was okay that he had an olive colored X ray machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that suited where he was, right? The, the that's old, what it is, yeah. His yeah. old chaise long, that felt perfectly fine. The, everything you know, everything that was old there was fine. But when he moved to the Surrey side of the street and up a little farther into a, a little bit more of a less to rundown the area. side of the street. Yeah, a less rundown area. Let's put it that way. Let's be, be, be political. And he... Um, it is suddenly that that olive-colored x-ray machine felt kind of out of place. <laughs> but for him, it just made no sense to him that it works perfectly fine. Why would I need to upgrade... Yeah, yeah. This thing, I don't, you know, like, I don't care what color it is. So, yeah, so, I, some people wouldn't be that way, though, right? They're like, I'm moving to new digs. I'm going to get a new extra machine. I'm going to get a new... Um, Got to jack up my prices. What do they call the thing that they put the uh, equipment in to, to cook? To... Oh, uh, the sterilizer? And that's not the name for it. It has a name. Okay. Autoclave. The oh, autoclave. very nice. Barbasol. <laughs> not Barbasol. Uh, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so, but you know, that, that was a sort of his thriftiness he passed on to you. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. he, he would never recommend a procedure that he didn't think you needed or that he just thought was like, you know, maybe you should do this because I need, I got to make some payments and some stuff. Maybe you should get this done, you know? And so I, I, I always felt that was, uh, yeah, it was a, he was a good deal. And it's hard to find, it's one of those things like once he retired, then you have to find a new dentist. Mm. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard to do because you, you have to find a new person that you'll trust with not distrust with your teeth, but kind of like with your car. Well, you'll trust their advice of what you need and what you don't need, and you hope they're not going to be like, "Oh yeah, you need a whole new this and that." You know. Well, nowadays, I mean, you can go online and there are reviews. Like people review mm. your dentist. That's what I did with mine. Okay. Went and checked, and then you've got you know you've got the cranks, so you got to like you know <laughs> you read the filter. crank ones. And I had to da 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 and wait and da 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 da. They were rude and blah, 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 blah. And like, okay, you get whatever the subtext is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't speak English with the accent you liked. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Sure, okay. Sure. Uh, but then you, you see the consistency of the different things. And it's like, okay, very gentle. Talk me through this. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, thought I'd need this. She t- said I didn't need that. And so it's like, okay, talking you out of the more expensive things or direct, you know, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. people people just saying like they trust the person. Yeah. And, and that was nice. That's good. I mean, that's a good sign of trust is when someone says to you, you don't need that. Yeah, yeah. You don't need that. Don't, I mean, don't we waste just had that with the vet recently, which mm-hmm. was a little frustrating because we brought our cat for, you know, an extraction. And they're like, you know what? There's this other person could do this better. I'm not going to do this, you know, book this for four months from now, which is a little frustrating. But, mm. you know, they could have cashed that check. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
And yeah. I say that as someone who used to write checks. <laughs> Does anyone know how checks work? Anyway. People still do that. People go to a grocery store. They will write a check. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. still occurs. Yeah. I saw that happen the other day. It's oh, yeah. Weird. I've seen it too. They still have the little thing that slides out so you can write your check. I mean, if that's what you're used to, I can understand it because it is a... You know, if you're a person who likes to organize your bank account sure. and you balance your checks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not that way. Like, I remember customers when I was a horse, when I used to shoot horses, which I'm glad I did it in the time of cash and checks because there's no excuse for someone to not pay you before you left. Like, nowadays, people go, oh, I'll eat transfer you later. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because you don't have your phone right now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah do it. I mean, if they say that. Do you, you have, need a computer? But if someone says that, you got you have to trust them. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't go, well. Okay, well, I'll just keep your horse. Maybe I'll just stand here until, yeah. Yeah, here's your horse. Uh, the horse will be in my kitchen. Until- <laughs> so, but yeah, in those days, they would give me a check and then the check would go in my wallet. And maybe a month or so later, I would put it in, actually get it into the account. But often people would call, call me and they'd be like, have you cashed my check yet? But, oh, no, it's still sitting in my wallet. I'll do it tomorrow. I understand. I'm sorry. No, I understand. You're a person who balances your checkbook, so yeah. I am screwing up everything for you. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you set money aside, and then other people will take that money if you don't yeah, spend yeah. the money on the thing that for you sure. spend. Well, I found, like, as a farrier, I would not work a bit from December 15th to January 15th every year. Because Christmas is coming. So, yeah. You know, all your available money is going towards that one thing. And then Christmas is over. The next check is the 15th. There you go. Now I can get the ferrier in. And that was just the way it was. So it was nice. It was, a little, it was a little vacation for me, as long as you expect it. That is the job that sometimes people will ask, will say something about like farriers. And I'll, and I know they sort of know you and I'll go like, you know, Dave was a farrier. And uh, they'll be shocked. Because <laughs> he's so tall. What well, the hell was he thinking? It's just like saying, you know, Dave's a blacksmith. Like, yeah. what do you mean he's a, he's not? That's not a, what are you talking about? It's yeah. ridiculous. Might as well say you were a squire to a knight. <laughs> It's just like, that's bananas. What do you mean? <laughs> that was my old job. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, well, it's a very old-fashioned job. Like it's yeah, not, yeah. It sounds like no one would be doing that anymore. Don't they have machinery to do that? No? Yeah. No. You'd think that they'd get a 3D printer, and they'll just uh, put the horse's foot in there, and uh, yeah, we're done. And off you go. Yeah. And maybe one day that will be the case. But until that time, <laughs> it remains dangerous. I imagine. I have not looked at a fairy magazine for quite a while, but I imagine that there are lots of therapeutic shoes that are designed with three D printer for three D printers to. Cause there are glue on shoes, so conceivably you could make a shoe that's you know that glues on. That and then the horse says to you, "Where'd this glue come from?" Don't worry about it. <laughs> it smells familiar. Yeah. It smells like Frank. <laughs> uh, no, it's yeah. No, I, I've got a kind of curious about that now. Shoes. Sometimes you is the shoes. This is the horse life. Yeah. Well, because, you know, here's a here's a fact people don't realize, but most horse care is voodoo. Like, no one really knows what they're doing. Like, even, even like, veterinarians. For the most part, there's not, like, a lot of research done into animal care because it's very expensive and no one wants to spend that kind of money. Mm. You know, so our knowledge of horses is okay, but it's not great. Like, like you know, like how laminitis occurs, which is a second major killer of horses, no one knows. Like we, we have like theories of different causes. You know, we know that we we understand the process now. It took a long time to get there. It wasn't until like the two thousands that people understood exactly what was happening. And but still, even today, it's it's really not well understood. Like what the whole mechanics are, of it are, or even how to cure it, mm. or how to help it. You know, so there's you know there's different people with different theories and different methods of doing things. You know, so there's different shoes that have been designed throughout 
throughout the years that are there to help either a chronically lame horse from laminitis or one that's in, in an acute situation. And so, but, you know, they're just things that were invented, you know, like by this one person. They're just like, I wonder if this would help. Oh, it does. This is the way to cure it, everyone. And someone else has a completely different way that to, mm. it also works for them. Because whatever you do, you know, the practice that you're doing, it seems to be working for you, but you, no one understands exactly what it's doing. You know, or they have theories to what, why it's working right. the way it does. So it's really interesting to me, that, that element of it. So if you look like, if you look into the history of horseshoes, which I know is everyone's doing, if you look into the history of horseshoes, there's like, you know, all these different things that were invented over time that we don't, probably don't even use anymore because, you know, the practice has gone away or even the reason for it is, is gone now because people don't use horses the way they used to. And it's kind of fascinating, actually, all that element of it. But just, yeah, the whole voodoo of, of horse care is interesting. I think of all animal care, really. I don't know with dogs and cats, it's the same. I feel like that's a pretty big industry. And so there's money in there. There's, I think there's probably yeah. enough turnover there that they figure stuff out. Just sheer numbers of the amount of well, animals they've looked at that they probably are able to get greater they looked at data. The, yeah, and the amount of money that's available because people will pay money for their dogs and cats that they won't pay for horses. Well, that's what I traditionally. wondered about that. Okay, traditionally. But then you've yeah. got, you know, definitely it is kind of the animal of the richy riches as well. It is sort of changing for sure, for sure. But I mean, there's still elements of it that were, because the horse is a gigantic beat creature yeah it's hard to do things like you can't have like a cast on a horse mm-hmm. because it'll just shatter it and then you know further wreck its leg like yeah once it's go- once it's gone it's gone i mean there are there are horses that have had like fractures and stuff that have been successfully treated but it's pretty hard to like you couldn't treat a compound fracture for instance there's just no way but if you're like uh, at the olympics and you're watching dressage mm-hmm. uh does anyone there have a horse and not are they not rich is there any non-rich person there for the dressage oh no it's a it is a sportive unless yeah. oh okay unless that person is a really good rider and has a sponsor okay. that's a possibility then there is another source of money there's another source of money but it's it is about the i just wondered like in in that world mm-hmm. you know the horse medicine it feels like you know the taps would probably be flowing <laughs> freely to uh to, to get stuff checked out but then again it's it, it's a numbers game too when it's, it's a numbers da- game when it's, exactly. when it's data from the sheer amount of animals yeah. that you're working on and so you know, that's the that, thing. That's the thing with mice is mm-hmm. like we can get infinite mice, so we're going to be able to figure stuff out on mice yeah. because we can make more mice. Yeah. My sister used to make mice. <laughs> that was her living was making mice for labs. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's she was another, a mouse maker. That's a part of it too. Like you know, having having labs. <laughs> Did you say she was a house maker? No, no, mouse maker. Mouse maker. <laughs> mouse maker. Mouse maker. Make me a mouse. <laughs> But if you also have to think of it, yeah, in terms of like lab as well. So you have to have, a, a, you know, well-equipped labs that have all this equipment that can study horses and stuff right. like that. So that's extra things that you're creating in order to examine horses. So, I mean, there are people that, you know, have like Hillary Clayton and people like that who have who have successfully, you know, done like uh, gate um, studies and things like that where they've, you know, put, um, what do they call that when we where they put like dots and stuff and then they film it and they get motion capture, yes. I guess. Yeah. Just things of like that where they've done it so they can, you know, and, but it, it's all very basic, even, even still, because, you know, a, you just have to have people who are willing to invest millions upon millions of dollars into research. And that's where I'm looking at like someone like the dressage bunch, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like that's the sport of the millionaires. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, it all is, whether they're hunter, jumper, whatever, if they're, if you're, if you're at an Olympic level, you... You have you have money behind you for sure, right. for sure, and that's fine. 
I mean, most sports are sports of, of elite to a degree, you know. Are horses the only competitors in the Olympics that don't know they're, they're in the Olympics? <laughs> How do you know they don't know they're in the Olympics? Well, they don't know it's the Olympics. They don't know it's any different than like any other thing that they do. I think it's a little different for them because they would have traveled farther than they've ever traveled in okay, their so entire lives. All right, they're a little, they're a little, oh, what's this about? Like yeah. most horses haven't flown. Most horses are flown to Olympic events. Okay. You know, like they, they have to go to Japan. So Canadian horses here are flown to Japan for the... For the show, right for for the for the events. That seems like also a bit of a risk. Is like you're mm-hmm. flying a horse who's never flown before. Maybe maybe you want to just fly your horse somewhere just I'm to sure, see. I'm sure they're sedated, so that they're no, but I know, but just like just as a test, it's yeah. just like let's let's just fly well, the horse somewhere just to see if the horse can take a flight. Because you don't want you know at the end of that flight and the horse is just like <laughs> the horse is just not ready to do it. Well, it's not gonna. I mean, or the horse now is really yeah. a fancy horse because it thinks it flies places and thinks like now it's a la di da horse. Yeah, I wonder what's worse for a horse: being in a horse trailer mm-hmm. or being on a plane. Like a plane, besides takeoff and landing, the rest of it is pretty smooth. You're just you're flying in a straight line. Whereas if you're in a horse trailer, you have the noise of the road, you have the cars around, you have trucks around you, you have like the you know you're just inside like a metal box but do horses have that same thing that uh people and especially babies have with the pressure when they're in a when they're in a, a I don't, yeah i don't know i don't know yeah because the horses can't go oh i should uh, chew some gum <laughs> chew some gum chew some cud yeah i should yeah. Uh, just yawn and i'll be okay <laughs> yeah i always wonder that with like animals that are in uh yeah. you know in a, like even dogs and cats like does this give you them a headache? How are they doing? Mm-hmm. And it seems like the kind of thing that even if it did, they wouldn't tell you it did. I was going to say, it'd be hard to ask them about it because since they can't speak. But you could, you, could, you know, you, you could check. There's ways to check if pressure, yeah. you know, air pressure affects like... Oh, they might be shaking their head or whatever, but who knows? I mean... I almost think like that's something at, at some point in the future mm-hmm. they're going to have to address is that flights hurt babies like yeah. really hurt babies like i i'm sitting near a baby and it's not the thing of oh this baby's bugging me because it's crying <laughs> but i'm like guys this baby is like really hurting like i can't think of any other thing that you do uh with a baby where you could put a baby through a, quite a bit of pain mm-hmm. and people are like what you gonna do you know we gotta go to we gotta go on vacation we gotta go to vegas yeah we gotta go to vegas with what their, are we gonna do <laughs> uh yeah i mean i guess my only answer to that is that the same thing is going to happen if you take your horse to the interior for a show. Mm. You know, if you're going to go up the mountains, like you're going to, you're going to be driving up the Coke or whatever, and you're going right. to be going up mountains, and, and you're going to have air pressure changes there too. Like it bothers me to go drive, you know, from here to Merritt or whatever, Merritt or Kelowna or Kamloops. It bothers my ears. So I imagine, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I guess they shake it off. Because what else can they do, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, horses are horses are interesting because well, the thing about horses is that uh, you're a team. You're a team. That's the most interesting thing to me about riders and their horses is their teams. Like the horse, your horse really likes you, and you're a team together. You know, like I know, like with Eve's horse, he gets mad if she doesn't come for a while because mm. he's she's neglecting him. Like they're a team. They have to be doing stuff together. Yeah. You know, and it's harder. It's hard for him now because he's retired from from competing, and so. He doesn't get ridden as much. Well, I know with um, with cats, they say that we're a mix of uh, their kitten and their parent. Mm-hmm. You know, they react to us in both ways. Okay. Is there something like that with horses? Like, what what does the horse see you as? It doesn't see you as another horse, or does it? 
Does it see you as a as an equal, or does it see you as? Uh, well, they're they're a herd animal, so maybe it sees you as the leader of the herd. I don't really know. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they regard us as equal as themselves. I think they think of us as different because horses don't ride on themselves. They don't ride on each other. Mm-hmm. So this is really different, right? Have someone on top on your back. That's yeah. different than what dogs and cats have. You know. So that like I think if we rode cats, they would have a different view of us than being <laughs> kittens or or, yeah. or other cats, right? Yeah. And so yeah, ba- battle whatever. What's his name? A uh, battle cat and He Man has a probably different relationship yeah, with He Man. He does most most cats. Can do. you talk or at least he can? He has some. I'm not sure. If battle cat can talk. I think I know Cringer can, but I don't know if he okay. can when he's battle cat. Okay. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> that was a great question. <laughs> no, yeah, this is, I think that is something different. Like, I but I have I have noticed that with like I don't remember with Lisa as much because I didn't. I did not experience Lisa's horses from uh, from youth, like from their young to to older. Like Harris, we got Harris. Harris had never been ridden when we got Harris. Like no one had ever been on his back before. And so when we got Harris, we had to break him, not in the sense of his spirit, but just get him so that he yeah. was okay with the saddle on his back, and then okay with the person and on his back with the saddle, and et cetera, et cetera. So you you build up to that, and then once you've done that, then you have to get him to start to you know obey. Not obey, but follow the his guides and you know the leads and things like that, and the signals that are being given to him by the rider, and that's all takes time for all that to happen. And but you can see that development of of that the relationship between the horse and the rider, or the pony and the rider, you know, and that's kind of, that's quite interesting. Like so, like 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 with Lisa, you know, I just met her horses well after they had been, uh, you know, trained and, and and broken for riding. They were already like high level competing horses. You know, that I was just like a nuisance on their back with all my strange mixed signals and weird, weird things I was doing. And they're just, just this confusing idiot on their back, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, whereas even, even Harris had a very, very good relationship. And like, and the other th- thing that's interesting to, about their riding together is that Eve knew exactly how to get the best out of him. Whereas if Lisa rides him, rides Harris, she can't get as good a ride out of him as, as Eve can because she's not ridden him as much or as long as Eve has. Right. You know, so Eve knew all the tricks and how to, and how to get him to keep going in this, you know, keep the, the pace up and stuff like that. And, and, and it was a lot of work to do as well. Like she would come off sweating from the, the labor of, of keeping him moving, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, it was something that was really interesting to see. And, uh, but yeah, he's retired now though. He doesn't, he doesn't jump anymore. Okay. As much as he used to anyway. Just, he got, just got too old for it. Sure. And that happens. That happens. But yeah, we got him from a very, very young. We were so lucky to get him too. I gotta say. Where'd you get him from? I bought him from someone on the island, Vancouver Island. We're selling their. They, I guess they had they bred Connemaras, and so Lisa saw him, and it was funny because we knew we had knew his. We didn't know him, but we'd seen his grandfather, who was named Rory, and Rory was an incredible jumping pony. Like he would jump like. Like Olympic level jumps as a pony, it was incredible to watch him go around a ring. It was basically like a show. Was he a competitor? He was. He didn't compete in that level, but he would almost like a show pony. Okay. He would be ridden like as sort of a capper. You know, okay, we're gonna bring Rory out, and Rory's gonna do some jumps. You know, and people like, yeah, this is amazing to watch him. And yeah, so he, so you know, Lisa was interested in Harris for that reason, and then you know he's just a beautiful little guy. So you know, she just went. You know, can we get him? Which was, which is also known as a uh, rhetorical question. 
But of course I said, of course we're going to get him. So, and we were just so lucky to have him. So we still have him. He's not going to go anywhere. He's, he's family. So you can't, you can get rid of family. He's in the will. He's he's in the will. He is in the will. He and has after to be the supported. murder, he will be one of the suspects. <laughs> yes, be the supported. camera will just like swish pan around the room, and it will eventually land on the horse. Yeah. The shifty eyes going back and forth, just like you can't jump much anymore. Right? <laughs> so you know he could use the money. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's ours. We've been offered a lot of money for him, where we were in the past, but we we're like, mm, no, our pony. What, it'll pay off the market? No, it wouldn't pay off the market. It's joking. <laughs> Not that much money. But quite a bit. I think like $30,000 we were offered for him. Oh, wow. And we were like, no, can't get another pony. You can't get another pony for that kind of money. That's good, as good as this pony, so no. Did you at least want to touch the money, though? Just... <laughs> Can I smell the money? Can I just roll in the bed? With Can I the, see the briefcase? The yeah. I... Could you write me a check? And then I'll, uh, <laughs> I promise I won't cash it. That's my style. I'm a non-cashing guy. Yeah, let's take a picture of it. <laughs> Wait! Oh, I know how this works nowadays. Take it to boo. Take it Yeah. Now everything that we're doing uh, tax-wise right now, we got to do through the computer and taking pictures of this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, Ugh, this just feels like you're asking for trouble. You're just asking for hackity hack hack mm, hack trouble. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is on too many things that are going to too many clouds that are floating to too many things. And it's like I guess that's it. Yeah, clouds. Although I imagine clouds are pretty well encrypted i can't has there been any any break-ins and not i'm not saying it would never happen but i'm just wondering if it's ever i guess they wouldn't tell you if it, i guess they would have or do they have to tell you if it's there's a break-in well, i'll continue with my i don't knows mm. I, I i do not know i just know you know you're uh it's it's out there it's somewhere and if someone has the skill mm-hmm. but i guess that's always been the case you know listen if someone has the skill they'll get your money anyway mm-hmm. And we live in a world where we have glass in our windows. So, you know, as much as we want to protect all our stuff, mm-hmm. what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Do you want no windows? We, we, at some point, you got to go like, fine. And just stuff. There's going to be some risk. Yeah. There's going to be some risk. Just stuff. What can just you do with it? Just stuff. That's exactly fiddle-dee-faddly food. <laughs> it's all fine and good. That's yeah. been horse chat. So there you are. There you go, everyone. Horse chat. This is a weird question. I know we're not at questions a week. Anyone out there, any of our listeners... Any of you, you have a horse? Any of you. Do any of you have a horse? Or is Dave the only one with a horse? Oh, I don't have a horse, but I live amongst them. You live among the horse. Well, you've paid for a horse. Yeah, I guess. Then you have a horse. <laughs> I guess so. I have to ask Lisa how she feels about that. Okay. Maybe she said, I paid for it, the horse. Well, maybe. Then use Dave's money. Use my money. Okay, fair enough. But you've said, okay, here's what you said. Yeah. That horse mm-hmm. is family. Yes. Definitely. Well, there you go. All right. Does anyone else have a horse in the family? <laughs> Your family horse. Like that old Disney film, A Horse in the Family. Oh, that would be good. I would watch that movie. I would. It's not too late to get him into show business. You know, if he's not into doing the stunts, you can like get the stunt <laughs> horse in there. And, you know, you just got to you just gotta figure out what's the horse going to do. Is yeah. he going to like solve mysteries? He can Is bite he... on cue. He can bite on cue. Okay, yeah. that's good. Uh, they call him so, uh, like, like, you have the mentalist, but he's the nibbler. He's the nibbler. And so, like, you know, he'll go to a crime scene and he'll just um, nibble on stuff. He's the dentalist. And, yeah. Oh, well, like the dentalist. And uh, and then, and then you know, he'll go, Mer! and it's like, they says there was apples around here. It's like, oh, okay. So it's all apples and sugar cube related mm. uh, mysteries and uh, oats. That's what's fun. That's hay. what's fun with, about watching. And the first horse show I ever watched with Lisa was The Adventures of Briscoe County Junior, because mm-hmm. there was a comet, his horse on that. And I remember watching it with Lisa, and she goes, "Oh, that's a different horse. Oh, they changed the horse again." 
Like, oh, they did? I can't tell. I can't tell. I still can't tell. Yeah. And uh, like, I suspect. Now I suspect that they, because we watched Dream Horse, I mentioned that. And when it was over, I said, did they change the horse? She goes, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> they use a different horse for different parts of the movie. Because, you know, a horse that's really good with close-up stuff or working with people is probably going to be a lot different than a horse that's really good at running fast. Right. Because a horse likes to run. It's not going to be as calm as a horse that's good in front of a camera and is okay with waiting around for a shot setup and stuff like that. Those are two different temperaments. I wonder how much uh, horse stunts are going to be CGI in the future now. Yeah, but I think a lot of them. Yeah. I think a lot of them. But you still would, you still need like, I think you still. For the acting scenes. Yeah, I think you still, people still want to see like a horse in a movie. But if a horse is going to jump a, like a chasm. Big chasm. Or oh something. yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's perfect. You're gonna CGI that horse. Sure. I always thought like the the horses probably were the because f- we got into a discussion about this because there's a CGI monkey in the show my wife created Why the Last Man. I'm mm-hmm. plugging that again. I'm gonna plug it every week. <laughs> Keep plugging. Uh, but there's a monkey called Ampersand in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, did I tell you the um, the American Humane story with with that? No. Okay, the American Humane story. This was told on uh, Hollywood Reporter as well, so uh, I'm duplicating a story, but I don't care. Um, so uh, when they were watching the pilot of the show, uh, the the people who, you know, at the end go, no animals were harmed in the making of this. Yeah. Um, they said, okay, well, we can sign off on the dog that's in there because, you know, we were there for the when the dog was there. Yeah. We can sign off on the scene with the horse. There's a scene with the horse. Yeah. Uh, but we can't sign off on the on the monkey scenes because we weren't around for those. Mm-hmm. And they went, uh, there was no monkey in this. Went, no, but the monkey. It's like, no, that was a digital monkey. Went, what? <laughs> so they got fooled by the by the yeah, digital yeah. monkey. Oh, it's pretty good. Uh, but pretty uh, good. but one of the reasons for that, uh, even though uh, certain uh, organizations claimed, you know, hey, we said it, and then they stopped. And I was like, they didn't. Um, Disney has a no primate policy. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, they will not use uh, primates in their uh, in their TV shows and and, and movies. Hmm. So this was also in line with that. Racist. Yeah, that was it. It's just for racist reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I was thinking like that's why they won't we release Song of the South. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. If you want to go farther with that, feel free. <laughs> Don't click. Okay. It's, just, it's a horrible yeah, alleyway I just walked down. Yeah, there. that's Sorry, right. Everyone. I'm going to turn around. and. I was then, I was then going to give you a lot of uh, metaphors for, <laughs> for things that you're getting into. But I went like, every one of those metaphors is racist. <laughs> Holy shit. I, that's bad. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Okay, back to horses then. And I was thi- I was thinking, uh, you know, when I heard that about the uh, about the monkey, yeah, um, that uh, I wonder if they could do it with horses. And I thought probably horses were one of the first things because you would have scenes like in a Lord of the Rings or what have you, where there's 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 uh, people or creatures yeah. on horseback mm-hmm. or like you know you're going to have lo- big scenes with uh, you know cowboys on on horses. And yeah, like horses would probably be like number one thing to work on, you know, for uh, for CGI. So maybe, I, th- I guess I think there's a lot of horses in video games. So there's a lot of people who've done a lot of digital work with horses. Sure, sure, yeah, and it, well, we'll see. I guess I mean I, I don't want to say that it'll never happen. I do think though that move there are movies with horses in them that people go to see because they like horses. And I think there would be a sense of disappointment if if you went to see a movie about horses and they're all cartoons. No, no, I'm, okay. I say like the there's the acting movies about horses mm-hmm. of like you know love the horse the horse feels yeah this. yeah but like when yeah it's anything too stunty or too oh like, sure sort of. sure although strangely like the horses in like in John Wick three those were real horses mm-hmm. they just, they had kicking horses and they just like kind of compo- did composite composite everything around them 
But I don't think it was real when he was riding it down the, the freeway, being chased by motorcycles. I think a horse would find that a little too nerve we were, nerve-making. Yeah, we got into a discussion about um, the horse in uh, the first episode of The Walking Dead. Okay. Because, you know, I was whenever I saw, like, the poster, when I first saw The Walking Dead poster, and I saw that the guy was on a horse and he had a cowboy hat and it yeah. was a zombie thing, I went, like, this is going to be a hit. Because, uh, like, they covered all the bases. Of course, they get rid of the horse immediately. Yeah, that's what I but how they get rid of the horses, the horse gets swarmed by zombies and gets eaten. Yeah. And, uh, which is weird, because, like, I don't know why they eat a horse, but... Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're French zombies. Yeah, you're thinking, like, you're thinking, like, what was that like for the horse? Yeah. Would the horse be okay with, like, a bunch of, like, even, like, is the horse reading faces? And so does it look at these faces that are, like, damaged faces as, like... This is wrong, says the horse. Yeah. Or does the horse like, I don't know, humans look like humans to me. There's no difference. Uh, everyone yeah. smells like a person, so I'm fine. Probably. I, it wouldn't recognize it wouldn't recognize zombies. It's not something it's or, like, if, or if, if they're if rounded they, enough. Yeah, if they saw like skeleton faces, would mm-hmm. would a horse go, Hmm, this looks diseased. <laughs> you know? I don't I, think they I don't think they reason like that. Okay. Would that, mean, but a horse would not like being swarmed by people. Like you'd really have to train that horse. Sure, to you'd have to train out. it to do that. But I mean that's that's a trainable thing. I mean Yeah. And who the hell stands behind the horse during those Don't scenes? do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because Lisa was telling me something about horses, which is they have an amazing eidetic memory. What does that mean? Uh, photographic memory. Okay. And so that's how they, that's why they, they they'll... They're good clerks. They so if someone be... bounces a check, they know the it. horse like, and like, oh, that guy. <laughs> They're the best accountants. And they go, I didn't bounce it. The guy yeah. didn't cash it for like a month. That was him's fault. And the horse is, nay. I'm like, oh, I get out of here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why like, like if a horse... You know, lives, lives say it lives in a in a barn. Reg, you know, it regularly goes for to its stall. Right. And someone leaves a bucket out. It will react to that bucket. It might spook, get spooked by the bucket. That's because hmm. they have a memory of what this area looks like, okay. and this is out of place, and it's scary to them because they're you know they're flight animals, and so that's part of why they have that memory. Because when they look at a place, it's supposed to look a certain way, and if it's different, that means it's threatening, and so then they want to they want to flee. So if you're riding a horse in a ring, and one day someone leaves like a bunch of cones in the corner, the horse is going to find that very scary and want to want to avoid it because that's un- that's new and different. But is the horse okay that then travels for a show? It goes to a different town mm-hmm. and stays in a different stable. Is it okay with that? Sure. Or does it go? This isn't my stable. No, because yeah, it has to get used to this new place. But okay, that's it'll fine. be a little nervous so when it first comes in. Yeah, yeah horses will. But they're with you, and that makes a difference for the horse because okay. they trust they trust you. They trust you're not leading them astray, you know. So they're like, "Okay, this is all right. I'm with you. We're okay. We're but okay." If you're, right? if you're going, "What the hell?" Yeah, that's what's with that bucket? Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Who left this bucket here? Did you see that bucket get? <laughs> I swear it moved. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I don't think the horse would like that. It would make him even more jumpy. But yeah, I've seen horses like walk into a barn and silly like spread their legs out really fast, like whoa, what's going? <gasps> yeah, something's different. But yeah. I've been like that too. I can. I can <laughs> you can that. understand. No, that all uh, that all scans for sure, me. That's sure. all. That all makes sense. Horses, huh? Anyone out there have one? Do you have one? What's your horse's name? What's going on? Tell us about your horse. If you got a horse, did you ever have a horse? You don't have to have a horse now, but did you have a horse at one point? Let us know. Well, maybe I'll say it now. Yeah. Because uh, Lisa and I are going to do a podcast about horses. It's going to be called Horse Mysteries. I'm not joking. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting to see. <laughs> You're looking yeah. at me. No, we're going to do it. Okay, when someone says, all right, we're going to do a podcast yep. about horses, mm-hmm. 
Horse Mysteries. Yep. It doesn't sound like you're saying Horse Mysteries is the title. It is the title. Okay. It's called Horse Mysteries. Yep. Okay. I couldn't think of a better title for it. I just like it. I like it as Horse Mysteries. Yeah. So, uh, so you're telling me. I'm telling We you. went through every one of our damn podcasts. Yes. And we had to do the completely Beatles. Yep. You know, full marks. Yep. Totally Tintin. Sure. You know, we're doing the whole thing. And and, and and then it comes to the horse mysteries, and it's it's horse mysteries? <laughs> sure. So our movie podcast, which was Fansplainers, yeah. which took us a long time to name, <laughs> we could have just called it our movie podcast? Yeah. Hmm. It's good to know now. <laughs> you know what? But fans, That's time well spent. Let me tell you. Time well spent coming up with those names. Fansplainers is a better name. Okay. But I like horse mysteries. I think it's a good name. Okay. If, someone doesn't, if you don't like it, I can think of something else. All right, but wait a second. What yeah. if what if our listeners could think of something else? Well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Would they get a free horse if they came up with a... <laughs> they would not get a free horse. I'll send you an autographed picture of Harris. Now, horse mysteries, is this mysteries... Uh, is this real mysteries that involve yes, horses? you not true crime. True horse, horse crime. True horse crime related. Are these mysteries. unsolved mysteries or are they solved mysteries? Or a mix? I think... I don't I don't know. These are Lisa's... Lisa's done all the research. Okay. I'm merely the... Um, I'm Stable just, boy. I'm just <laughs> there as the squire. Okay. To uh, yeah, that'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, good. Could I coming soon to a theater to a to a uh, podcast channel near you? All right. Here's a, here's my one title. Okay. Yeah. Thing. You're welcome to. I would call it this. Mm-hmm. Hey, horse mysteries. No. <laughs> no. Okay. It's, it's it's good, but not good enough to shift me off horse mysteries. Okay. Uh, unstable. Not doesn't. It doesn't explain what it is, though. Okay. I mean, I like it, but once again. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I mean, it's hard to think of one that's not, like, just right on the noses. Horse Mysteries. <laughs> Was it two on the nose? I don't know, but it's very, when I told the Lisa. Why the long face, Mysteries? <laughs> sure. It's good. Yeah. The mayor of Crime Town. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ah. <laughs> Pony up the truth. Okay. Anymore? Well, no, but our <laughs> listeners for sure. Have and listen, he's not going to go with it. But yeah, listen, I know Louise at very at the very least uh, just came out with five. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. made a cake about one of them. Oh, cool! That's great. Yeah. By the way, she uh, for the again, I'm going to plug Why the Last Man one more time. Uh, on on FX in Canada, uh, Disney Plus in the UK, uh, FX on Hulu in the states. Uh, she made a, a a delicious Why the Last Flan. I saw that. And brought it over. Oh, so you took the picture of it? So good, yeah. Because it was it was a very close picture. Did you want to see a, a longer shot? Well, you just you had like you had it like so close it was hard to like see the whole understood whole flan. Yeah, if you want to see the whole flan, I can show that to you later. Okay. On. You know, I'm, I'm happy to support. You know what? I'll give you a picture for the website. And, okay. Uh, and uh, and perfect. Know, we'll, we'll flan it up. I'll, It'll be I'll, fine. I'll put up. And then. On the night of the show, again, I've mentioned her many times, Nina Matsumoto, Third Dragon, <laughs> uh, beloved uh, character on our show. Yeah. Um, she would be, she'd be our great gazoo, I think. That's what I like to think of her as. Yeah. yeah. She comes out and goes, hey, dum-dums, and then uh, <laughs> really gets things that is, done, moves that is the more, along. That is more true than I want to admit. Yeah. Uh, she brought along some uh, gin, cranberry juice, and tonic. Okay. And made uh, Why the Last Cran. Nice. Uh, nice. Tonic Love cranberry. it. Yeah, it was, all, it was also Love very it. delicious. So, uh, that's, if what, you... that's what Eve had at, her, at dinner last night. It was Mary's birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Mary. Um, she'll thank you for that. Formerly uh, Millis on the show. Formerly Millis, yes, right. Her code name. Uh, 
yeah, it was her birthday, so we went out for dinner, and, and Eve, being the sophisticated, you know, modern type that she is, she had a, she had a uh, gin and tonic. What did I have? I had an um, Italian soda, mm. which I didn't know they have cream in it, a cherry one. It has cream in it, yeah. Italian soda. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying this, and I'm not calling you a liar, because clearly you drank it. Yeah. This is the first I've heard of this. Okay. What what exactly goes into an Italian soda? It's just like soda water, I guess soda flavoring, water, and flavoring. Then cream? Yeah, cream. Yeah. I am looking this up, because this makes no sense to me. Uh, <laughs> did at any point uh, Eve, as a tribute to her sister, yeah. consider a Bloody Mary? She did not. Okay. I don't know if she doesn't like Bloody Marys or what's the going on. Okay, fair enough. Sorry about that, everyone. That was my phone how to telling make... me the podcast is going on. Today. I'm now looking at how to make an Italian soda. Oh, okay. All right, there we are. You need a you need a nice syrup, like a Tarani syrup. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, sparkling water or uh, club soda. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Uh, ice. Keep it nice and chilled. Sure. Then you Perfect. use either cream or whipping cream. There you go. Oh my gosh. It was good. It was shows, good. I had a cherry one. I, I know nothing about Italian sodas. I had cherry and Mary had orange. And I, I, I like, I preferred, we all tasted each other's and I preferred mine, but she doesn't like, like cherry flavoring. So she was happy with her orange. It's kind of like birthday, a creamsicle. It's her damn choice. Exactly. It's her birthday. What, where did you go for uh, the birthday dinner? I went to a nice Italian restaurant in Chilliwack called Vela Vita. Sorry, Vela, Bella Vita. Sorry, I inverted the, what was, what was that? No, it's not a spoonerism. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Bella Vita, yeah. It's a nice Italian restaurant there. And we, I had, I just went simple. I had spaghetti and meatballs. Safe. It's good and safe. Yeah. But you know what? If there's a reason, it's a winner. I, I liked it. I thought it was What do you good. like? Do you like meat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like tomato sauce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like pasta? I like yeah. it all. Well, let me tell you something. There's a dish for you <laughs> called spaghetti and meatballs. That's also, just... by the way, if you like those three things, every other fucking dish. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, Lisa had uh, fettuccine alfredo with chicken. Yeah. Mary, who's a seafood nut, she had uh, risotto adriatico, which had um, um, came with mussels and some other clam or other shelled creatures. Okay, sure. And then Eve had a, I think it was, it might have been a linguine, linguine al granchio, which uh, had crab meat in it, which you quite liked it. They liked, they're, they're, it was all very good. And okay. then we had, uh, which I've never had before, and the, and the girls are much more, much more, uh, it's a word. They're much more adventurous. Uh, not interest. They're they're way more uh, open to different foods than their mom and dad. Okay. We tend to be very straight. I'm going to say adventurous yeah. was right. I'm going to stick with adventurous was accurate. Oh, you said adventurous. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you said uh, I didn't. Advantageous. Hear... <laughs> I thought you said they're very Art advantageous. Barkeous, I said they, yeah, should, they enjoy the taste of ants. <laughs> <laughs> adventurous is the, is a good word. That's sorry. I didn't hear. I missed that. Yes, adventurous is perfect. Um. And so we had escargot, okay, which I've never had before. Now, do you find a difference? Okay, like I was, wait, I've never had it before. Okay, did you have it yesterday? Yep. Okay, so my question is, yep. like to me, mm-hmm. uh, there is very little difference texture-wise between clams and escargot. Okay. So, like, if you if you're like, eh, I can handle a clam. Yeah, I like clams. escargot. It's very similar texture. It's you know, it, it absorbs the flavors of the things around it. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of escargot? Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. It's soaking in butter, man. Yeah. It's butter and garlic. <laughs> it's butter it's and garlic. delicious. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And it's one of those things where you're like, are we really 
eating this because we're having it in a broth of butter and garlic with cheese on top, and then you have it with some bread. Yeah. It really feels like you're spreading out the, the, the escargot part of it. But it's good. Yeah, it's you good. don't want like a load of escargot. No, no, no. I think that's crazy. Uh, but I really like how I like really like the specific dish for it. Yes. That's something I really like when when foods have a specific dish. Like I love like like cheesecake coming in the springform pan sure. or or like the angel food cake pan that has the has the little um upright part so you can turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. Just things like that I think are just fascinating. And so uh yeah, I just love the little Special, specialized dish for your escargot. I think they use the same dish for the escargot as they do for, I think, like the bacon wrap scallops, or they used okay, to okay. at uh, White Spot. I see. Uh, and I do like that dish as well. Mm. And because, you know, I I traditionally will not have uh, escargot at a restaurant in, uh, in BC mm-hmm. because, what are you doing, man? <laughs> um, you know, I'll sure. go with that. So you'd rather have it in France? Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. You yeah. know, a place where, you know, they it's, do it's it. From, yeah, it's, it's from. from. Yeah. But, like, if it's a scallop, well, mm-hmm. we do scallops here, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's you know, fine. And bacon yeah. is everywhere, so that's sure. fine. You're all right. Sure. Yeah. I'm even dodgy on mussels here. Like, I'll eat mussels in the east. Okay. You know, and go, oh, they're amazing. And then mm-hmm. here it's like, they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. So I'm going to eat them where they're really <laughs> they're good. Yeah. So you don't eat lobster here either. It's not, a, there's no real reason to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, again, you're eating butter. Yeah. That's what you're eating. That's you it with the crab, though, really. I've had crab with other things, but mm. yeah. Yeah, I, under- I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you're doing a lot of dipping. And, and also, there's so much manipulating eating crab. It feels like it's a zero-sum game. You're not getting any extra energy from this food you're eating because you've expended so much energy eating it. But I, I can see that it's a social thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you're cracking a crab and you're talking to a friend and you're... Taking your time and it's going to make dinner last longer. Yeah. Because you don't, that's part of a trick that you want sometimes with dinner is you want a meal that you can't just go and now you're done. Well, I guess we ate our food in five minutes. Time to go. You want (laughs) a reason to, you know, be hanging around the dinner table. Yeah. You know, something like spaghetti and meatballs uh, takes a long time to eat. It's tricky to eat. You got to eat a bunch of strands of it. You got to go back. You can't just, no, you could, but you'd be a weirdo. (laughs) So that's a good, that's a good food. Yeah, that is good. That is good. And then the other thing, besides being Mary's birthday, the other thing that was announced at dinner last night was that the girls are moving out. They're, they've uh, they've they signed a lease for not a lease, I guess a lease, yeah, a year lease for a basement suite in Chilliwack together. Yeah, sounds together. like a sitcom. <laughs> it does. Uh, it makes me very happy how much they like each other as people. That is unusual that uh, siblings would uh, move out together. Hmm. Mm. But they get along very, 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 very well. They're like they're like friends That's as well great. as being sisters. And I'm not too sure what. I don't think we did anything to make that happen necessarily. Maybe we treated them so equally that there's no comp- feeling competition for parental mm. approval. That's what I like to think anyway. Uh, that they didn't feel the need to like have to win win our approval or whatever. You know, like they already have it, so they didn't have to fight over it. And also, you know, we had an intentional age gap between them. Uh, of three years, I just felt like my brothers and I were too close together when when we were growing up. We were just too near of age and way too competitive with each other. So the girls are three years apart, and I just to me that to me that felt like the perfect age gap between two brothers and sisters, but or sisters and sisters in this case. But it just it just uh, I have no idea what 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 happened. But they really get along well, like super well. Oh, that's fantastic. They didn't really fight at all growing up, and so what are you going to do with the rooms? 
Uh, close them up like a museum. Good stuff. Seal it up. Just a little plastic yep. wrap on the outside. You know what I say? I say put up some crime scene uh, tape. <laughs> and and then when t- people come by to visit and yeah. they ask, what's up with this? You go like, look, just don't. Yeah. Just don't. We're gonna, we have one rule in this house. Mm-hmm. Don't ask about the rooms. Oh. And then, you know, and whatever you, but if you do see something, write it on a piece of paper and just slip it to us later on. Yeah. If you see, like, see what? Look, I don't want to get into it. If you see something in the room mm. that sh- you don't see in the room the first time you walk by the room, yeah, just write it on a piece of paper, slip it to us. Yeah. We'll look at it later on, and we'll just see. You mean like a ghost? Shut up! <laughs> don't say. Don't just just. Yeah. If you see something in the room mm-hmm. that should not be in the room, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Sure. But we're not going to talk about it. Fair That's enough. We promised each other, and we promised the priest. <laughs> I don't know how much there'd be left in the rooms from when they. Oh, the girl said they were taking their beds with them, so I don't know. They're not taking their beds, are they? Are? No, they're not. Oh, so are you guys just gonna bounce? They could on? not get a straight answer out of them for what what their alternative was. Okay. I said, "What are you gonna do instead?" He was like, "I'm gonna get a pillow for the floor." I'm like, "Seriously, what are you gonna do?" I'm gonna get four pillows for the floor. <laughs> All right, well, I'm not gonna ask more questions about this because apparently. No one wants to tell me what the plans Hulk are. Hulk beanbag chairs. I guess that's the idea. <laughs> a row of futons in the floor. Okay. I don't know. But they're going to dispose of their own beds that they have there. Or are you going to keep the beds? No, keep the beds. Ah, going to be guest beds? Mm, no, I just... Hopefully the girls will come back again. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm very I'm very sad about this whole thing. So Yeah, I was going to ask. I was very well, sad. You're going like, I know you were saying I'm really happy. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Let's follow up on that. Yeah, no, I'm not... I'm happy that... We we're talking about them being like together. I'm very happy that they're friends, but I'm right. very sad that they're they're moving out. That's very. It was hard when Mary moved out. Now it's doubly hard that they're both both moving out. Again. So yeah, yeah, hard as a parent to do these things. But you know what? You've succeeded. That's the thing. That's the job. You succeeded if your children are better than you, which they are, and if they feel confident enough to to go out into the world. You know, that's a good thing. And also that you didn't create this weird situation where they are tied to you in some unhealthy way you know mm-hmm. like you've you've cut the legs out from under them so so much that they they can't they can't dare to venture out into the into the real world that's uh i don't think that's being a successful parent so i'm very i'm really happy that they're you know you can have all the emotions I have, I have all the emotions like yeah that's pride the thing. and you know admiration and you know they're doing something that i could not do at that age you know so good for them good for them had cancer at the time but that's all a different story you know you bring can do that, that anywhere bring that up you can do that anywhere bring that up to them it's like i would have done this if i hadn't had cancer like what what's that dad no nothing, it's not true nothing though. you think you're so big what what was that anyway. it's not true it's not true i i wouldn't have I, I was really i was really like my mom created a situation where you know, like she's the most important person you know so you you just were not you ha- you relied on her and you had to you couldn't you couldn't dream of like getting going away from that you know that's the only thing that's healthy. I think it's better if the kids are like, so long. See in the funny papers. I was trying to think because I had to move home after I moved out and uh, twice. Uh, <laughs> so how did that feel? Sec- second time second time was because of mono and I basically, mm. you know, I couldn't move for a month. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the first time was a, was a, was a drag. Yeah. You know, that was a, that was a, that was a stone cold drag. Yeah. Uh, and then the second time was a trauma. You know, mm. it's it's one where like even like now I was saying to Pia this week where there was a time where it felt like I had food poisoning and, you know, I was I was trying to do something and then I got kind of weak halfway through doing it. And I was mm-hmm. like, it flashed me back to 
my big memory of having mono, which was like I was walking home through this little park yeah. to uh, my apartment. And about halfway through the walk, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't oh. know if I can get there. Yeah. And it was just this really bad feeling. And then when I got to the, uh, when I finally got there, I just collapsed and went like, this is, uh, this is bad. And I knew I was going to like lose the apartment and I was going to lose, lose it all. It was like, this is, I can't, I can't, I can't work. Mm. And uh, it's pay te- check to paycheck. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an apartment that I was supposed to be sharing with someone, but they bailed on the first day. Mm. And so I was covering it all myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, was that? Where was that apartment? This was uh, on uh, Broughton. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And uh, and then afterwards, they took it over, the person who was doing the thing. But it, yeah, the mono thing, definitely, I, I tie in uh, the feeling of like weakness and illness to failure mm. and losing everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anytime that kind of thing like oh, comes up, it's yeah, uh, oof. But a, I was thinking... That's a traumatic way to have to think about... Yeah, uh, I was thinking of something that might have like m- made me able to uh, be okay the, when I first moved out. And it was like, if I'd known how to cook... I think like if I'd known how to cook mm-hmm. and known how to make, because neither me nor my roommate, uh, yeah. Alan, yeah. Uh, really knew how to cook at all. Mm-hmm. And so we'd make minute rice and we'd just make pancakes and it was like all we could do. But I look at like just some basic recipes and stuff that I make now that I'm like, I could, we live near a supermarket. I yeah. could have gotten the basics. Sure. You know, we, we would have, it would have like lifted up our energy levels so we wouldn't have been like crashing with carbo highs and lows. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and yeah, I think I would have been able to afford things more if I was like able to cook at home. For sure, but I, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't know how to cook at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, boy, that would be the one thing, like the little time machine thing, if I could go back and just like teach myself like five basic recipes mm-hmm. that are like these are going to get you through. Yeah. Some hard times. That's a good thing. I wonder. I think a good. I wonder if Mary, like Mary, when she was living away from home before, she was signed up to HelloFresh, which she really liked as a mm-hmm. as a way to. To cook at home and and have like you know, I wonder if they'll do that or he was very very much into like shopping, grocery shopping and cooking and stuff like that. So she's right. Like she really likes to cook a lot. She's a very good cook. She's very good at throwing things together and and you know making things taste very good and you know which you know just you know which I'm not. I can make like very basic food, but I, I'm not like a a cook. I'm just a you know just a a dad. I'm a cook like a dad. You know? Sure. I can make, yeah, I can make waffles. Killer waffles, man. That's great. But I, I can make lots of things. But they're just very plain, right? Yeah. I'm just, I grew up, I grew up uh, with casseroles and comfort food, and that's kind of what I like to cook, right? So I like to make stew. I like to make stir fries. I like to make, you know, rice dishes, you know, things like that. Something Macaroni I like is cheese, when, when someone will tell me that they've got a dietary restriction. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> now, now that's a challenge. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had you know, I've, I've had people in the family go gluten free. You know, we're currently generally pescatarian, mm-hmm. except usually on podcast days, <laughs> um, and uh, and and other variations on that. You know, uh, where it's like you know, sugar free or you know, very low carb or, or what have you. Yeah. And it's like, all right, let's uh, let's let's fool around with that, and it's fun. It's fun to me, like just going okay, and I'm cooking for. A, people and that makes me happy as well i yeah. like i like the idea of like i'm making you something better than you expect that's, that's cool. what i always that's what i always hope and I, yeah. I think like back in the day i was like yeah i could i could oh there's so many things i could have cooked now that i'm thinking like we're right next to the <laughs> i know it's but i had no skills like i went to home ec class and they taught me how to make this bacon fat dressing that i'm just still going what the hell were you thinking who would have this this is so <laughs> grotesque well, I feel like that class did not teach you 
useful things. No. Like it didn't teach you how to sew on a button or how to fix a tear in a seam in your no. in your clothes or whatever. Or or just like the basics of of cooking like like how to like like yeah, when we first moved out, like we had a a Betty Crocker book. And that was really, actually really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways it wasn't helpful because it'd be like, you know, making mashed potatoes, use Shira fake mashed potatoes, you know, it's not very helpful, but Another that's w- an old-timey book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's most books from the 60s were get a mix. Yeah, and yeah. And then do this. But in other ways, it's, you know, how do you, you know, if you get corn on the cob, or corn on the cob, cob yeah, it's corn, corn on the cob. Corn on the cob, that's correct. For some reason, my, my brain inverted it and my, my mouth was correct. But corn anyway. On the, corn on the crab. Wait a second. Corn. That's not right. Though that would be delicious. Uh, you know, how do you cook that? I've never cooked it before. So you look it up. I would just look it up in Betty Crocker and it gives you the instructions on how to Well, water, four cook. minutes. Boom. Done. Uh, there's this different. Oh. Because uh, for Betty Crocker, it's boil the water, yeah. take it off the heat, add the corn, and then just let it sit for 15 minutes. Okay. That seems like... Works. It does It does work, but it, <laughs> it's 15 minutes. Whereas uh, boil water, put it in four minutes, take it out, <laughs> it's fine. And, yeah. it's, and you've got now nine more minutes that... The other guy is still waiting. <laughs> so I it's guess fine. it's convenient. You're, you're making your food. If other... you're doing something else, yeah. it's good. I'm and not just eating corn by itself. Yeah, I've, I've heard that kind of recipe as well for mm-hmm. eggs, which is you boil the water, put the eggs in, take yeah. it off the heat, yeah. and then you get your perfect eggs. There's no such thing as a perfect egg. And, <laughs> but like all of these recipes are just like, yeah. now you've got all the time in the world in the morning, right? It's like, oh, of course I do. Of course yeah. I do. Yes, yeah. thank you for uh, thank you for asking, mm-hmm. of course. That's fine. And then the, the, the peel just comes right off. Does it? Sometimes. Never does. Sometimes it doesn't. One thing I miss is having soft-boiled eggs. I was just thinking that when you were talking about that. I should have some soft-boiled eggs. But we don't have any egg cups. Because that's how, that's how long ago it was that I had it. Well, brother, if you egg. want egg cups, go online. <laughs> I'm telling you that you're not going to be spending a lot. I'm sure if I just went to a thrift, local thrift store, I'd find quite a few Yeah, there. you're not wrong. <laughs> It's just like, hey, do you know where I can get a fondue pot? Oh, right there. 6,000 of them? Thank you so much. Okay, that's That's great. where I got my fondue pot, yeah. which came with in the instructions. That's how that's how uh came in the box with the instructions. Mm-hmm. It probably never left. Yep. But we have It them. was a wedding gift. We have it every Christmas Eve for fondue. So it was tradition. a wedding gift that probably got uh, never opened, and then there was the divorce, and then let's get this back to <laughs> to somewhere. I wonder... I wonder if not having the girls at home will make Christmas seem even more special. Mm. That they come over, stay overnight, you know, do the do the church <coughs> do the church thing. Yeah. Do our, do our fondue thing. Do our, our breakfast brunch thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think you might uh, dress up the dogs as the girls just because you, no. you want to have them? No. I will not. That one just put, wouldn't put, be the same. Put no. some wigs on them. Wouldn't be the same. Just make them watch TV with you. <laughs> no. Okay, well, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Not going to happen. That's good. Not going to happen. Our dogs are getting old. Yeah. Especially especially Boo. Boo's 16 years old this year. Yeah. That's old. It is. It's really old. He's uh, he's having control issues. Yeah, that's that's something. So he lives, spends a lot of time downstairs where the there's no carpet. Yeah. Because he just can't, can't keep it together. Yeah. The other day I came home and he had uh, let loose. So I took a picture of it and, and sent and I said, I think we made a topographical map of Japan and, the Oka- and Okinawa. And Mary's like, you're right. He's a genius. Just the way they were, it was shaped. It was... And here comes Godzilla. <laughs> With a paper towel to clean it up. Thank you, Godzilla. Yeah. No, it's just that age. You know. this is the, yeah, this is the story of the, of the pets. Yeah. It's like, this is, where, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, okay. I remember when. 
Yeah. But we had someone come and uh, do their nails on the weekend, so that was that was good. Something I don't like doing. Yeah. I don't like doing it all. Well, I find, don't. I find it very scary. Then don't. Yeah. That's it. Then my tip for you is <laughs> don't. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with our with uh, with Cohen. It's like uh, if he's getting when he had the dental work done, it was like while he's there, do his nails, mm. and they and they do them. So it's fine. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good. Because you're a professional. I'm not. Yeah. You know what? What have I got to prove? I yeah. don't. Yeah. This lady used a Dremel tool and and the, the clippers. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. They actually look really good. So. I'm did she offer you your teeth while she was there? She did. She didn't. <laughs> I should have taken advantage of that. Yeah. Why not? You don't mind. Can you do a crown? Sure. I'm sure I can. Do you want I don't to do a podcast? No. I like the sensation. She said, "What's a crown?" Then I said, "Explain a little bit." She goes, "Oh yeah, I can do that." <laughs> Forty dollars. I'm like, well, sure. I'll see if my insurance will cover it. <laughs> that cheap. <laughs> that cheap, cheap you are. That's you won't give her the forty dollars. <laughs> well, she'll get it, but for my insurance. Okay. Not for me. Um, uh, something I wanted to uh, bring up. Okay. Uh, was uh, you know a bit of a sad thing this this week was oh. the uh, passing of Norm Macdonald. Yes. And wanted to talk about that with you and see if you had any feelings on that at all. Okay. Well, you you started and I'll jump uh, in. My, my feeling my feelings on that. Is uh, I uh, like anytime a Canadian celebrity passes, it's mm-hmm. especially oh yeah, it's a double. Of course, it's it a is. double awe because we are very proud of our celebrities. We are. We're a very small country. We're not small in size, but we're very small in population. And maybe there's something we, f- we feel an outsized pride for 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 our people who make it outside this country. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, maybe there's something about. Uh, Canadians, uh, Canadian comedians, I feel, all have that extra little bit of distance that makes their uh, their comedy a little bit more surreal, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and I felt that was something that gave his. You know, I mean, he's just a brilliant joke writer. Yeah. Uh, but he was never fully in anything that he was in. Like if he was a talk show guest. He was a talk show guest, almost pretending to be a talk show yeah, guest. Yes. When he was doing Weekend Update, yeah, it felt like he was great at Weekend Update. He was really good, but he was. I feel like Weekend Update. He that was the most invested he felt in Saturday Night Live. It felt like when sure. he was like his Bob Dole. I never felt like he was totally one hundred percent. Or I shouldn't say. It just feel like he, he was a great impression. It was he a great was impression, of, yeah. but he did. It felt like it was so off the cuff. Yeah. It's almost that like he didn't care. Whether you bought it or not, but he was like, like he, one thing, like he was the only guy who would do uh, Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Who does a Burt Reynolds impression? And all he did was just kind of <laughs> chew, and it was like, that's Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. His Larry King was great. His... Charles Kuralt. Did you ever that's see a, Charles Kuralt? I did Kuralt? not see that, but I wish I did. His cause... Charles Kuralt was this. It was like uh, it was like Good Morning with Charles Kuralt. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and Charles Kuralt would tra- would travel around the country, mm-hmm. and that was something that real. I watched it as a kid. Would, yeah, would really really do. Mm-hmm. And and he was talking, he was reflecting on all these years, and just how he just uh, nailed all these women in every place he went. <laughs> and that was his reflection on his career. It was just like all the sex he had. It's <laughs> great. And, and again, yeah. Sorry, did you bring up Letterman? Like his uh, Letterman impression? No, I've never seen that. He was the first person I saw who. I mean, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo did, did it. Yeah, did, did it. It's okay. <laughs> but he did it. Yeah. He did it to the point where it disturbed Letterman. <laughs> and That's and. Because he did all these weird ticks, mm-hmm. he was just moving and touching himself, doing all these weird ticks that he was doing. Yeah. And Letterman was like, ah, oh, yeah. 
I do do all that. That's not right. And it was kind of like, <laughs> kind of like uh, a, a, a little uh, warning that I might be having health issues. And then he checked out and he was having health issues. And I was like, there you go. But yeah, no, he he always had that uh, that uh, there but not there, mm-hmm. the distance. Mm-hmm. He'd be doing stand-up and you could see at some point he could, he, in the drop of a hat, you could see him just going, eh, and just like <laughs> leave it, right? He would walk away. Like he was never yeah. hungry for it. Famously late things was he yeah he uh you know when he was uh, doing uh the saturday night live 40th reunion you know all they had all the anchors there and they were all doing their uh you know that little short bit that they were supposed to do and mm-hmm. then he just went off just talking yeah just went off on the thing and i was like yeah of course he would that's what he does he went off script because that was him yeah yeah you look at his earliest stuff like on star search mm-hmm. and you know you can tell like he's just been told just do the act and <laughs> It's there, and the jokes are fine. Yeah. But you're missing... Like, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But you're missing the re, his little reactions yeah. to it and reflections. Yeah. Sure. You know, you're just... You're, you're seeing the rock skip across the pond, but you're not seeing any of the ripples, and mm-hmm. that's what his act is. The ripples, and the ripples come back, and the ripples go back, and mm-hmm. there's the padding, and the unnecessary padding, and the <laughs> unnecessary yeah. tangent yeah. that then delivers at the end something that you're like, oh, this was a setup to that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's a, he was a very, very good comedian, and a very kind person as well, and I think that makes To it, some people, just, and to some people not. <laughs> Well, I don't, I'm going to draw a line between, the difference between teasing, you know, and then being cruel. I think there's a difference. Right. Julia Sweeney wrote that, uh, you know, he was very cruel to her when when they were doing the show. Mm. Like he would be, he would would be actively bullying her on the show. Uh, But on the 40th reunion, he apologized to her for that. And, you know, they made the peace and and what have you. But I could see that being... Yeah, I can I can see that sure. too. And also, if you're not, it's a weird thing where like you feel like you're not being a jerk, but you yeah. might be being a jerk. I think you have that kind of guys guys thing a bit, yeah. a little bit too, like kind of that Bill Burr thing, you know, where you're just you're very very male, very alpha, maley, you know, and you have to kind of keep that keep that in check a little bit. Otherwise, it, what what when is teasing can become bullying, obviously. Yeah, he he seemed uh, unlike the kind. If of, you're not used to a locker room. That kind of stuff can be seem very cruel and, and mean. yeah, and if and at that time the workplace of Saturday Night Live was very very locker room mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Like one of the things I like about him, uh, Norm Macdonald, is uh, Jeremy Hotz used to be like the top mm-hmm. comic yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And he, he had come up with a gimmick, which was, you know, where he'd just do this with yeah. his voice at the end of things. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was it was all well and good and fantastic. Yeah. And then Norm MacDonald came along mm. and just, boom! <laughs> you would think, like, well, two comics can, yeah. But Norm then became the guy. Yeah. And was just so casual. Mm-hmm. It just looked like he's just having a conversation. It would, you know, you can do an imitation of him, but... You, you don't think he's doing it as a gimmick. You don't think he's got another alternative but to use this voice. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is how he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And it just mm-hmm. lures you in. Ah, yeah. Well, what, to me, what was interesting was to find out that he had been battling this for 10 years. And it certainly explains some physical changes he's gone through. Yeah. Because I was seeing him a little, this a short time ago, and I was thinking, boy, he's certainly got a puffy face. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and I was wondering if he was, health, like, if he was suffering from some sort of health issues and he looks similar to how jerry lewis looked when he was kind of going through yeah yeah yeah. 
And I think that's just a reaction to the all the treatments and stuff like that that you're going through. I really like love that YouTube, show, the Norm show that he did for a while. I really enjoyed that. And what I liked about it was it was just so surreal. I guess is a good word for yeah. it. It was just so unhinged. Like there was, seemed to be no direction to it or anything. It was kind of great. It feel it felt similar though without uh, pranks. Yeah. To like a Tom Green type thing. Like, yeah. It felt like. The Canadians have taken over again, <laughs> and they don't know what they're doing, and they've gotten some money, yeah. and here you are. And yeah, you just like saw the guests going, I don't know, I play along. Did he do like a Netflix thing, a short, short-lived Netflix yeah. thing? Yeah, he had, a, he had a show on Netflix, yeah, that was based on that. Okay. I saw that a little bit of that, but I preferred Yeah, Letterman the, was on it, Seinfeld yeah. was on it. Jane Fonda. He actually yeah. got a good interview out of Chevy Chase. That's right, that's right. Because yeah. Chevy kept like, it just felt like Chevy was worried... It was going to turn on him at any yeah. point, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I'm just setting you up for bits." Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do bits. And like, oh, it was, yeah. it was almost like a, it was almost like seeing a dog that had been abused, <laughs> and the dog is like coming up and just feel, feels like someone's going to hit him, and it's like the dog, no, no, we're just going to here, we're just yeah. going to give you nothing but love. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. No, he's a, uh, is it, it was well, what I liked about him was that he just didn't care, like he didn't care, like he would say stuff. And you're just like, and he's just like, well, whatever. I thought it was funny. If you don't have to like it, if you don't like it, yeah. it's fine, you know. Uh, even people like when he was doing the YouTube one, people would be like, <laughs> and he'd be, yeah, oh, whatever. That's a joke. It's okay. I think Jim Carrey was on the YouTube one, not on the Netflix one. Might have been on both. And that was interesting to see because it was interesting to watch Norm, you know, to say what he thought about Jim Carrey's, you know, his idea that he wasn't a person or those sort of things where he would say, I'm not me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was just fun to get Norm's more down to, down to earth reaction. It was reaction. called Norm MacDonald has a show. The on Netflix, Netflix one? Yeah. Okay. And his guests were, I'll give you the 10 guests. Sure. David Spade, Drew Barrymore, Judge Judy, David Letterman, Jane Fonda, Chevy Chase, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. Uh, what a twist that he was on. Uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton, uh, Billy Joe Shaver, and Lauren Michaels. Interesting. I have only seen a couple of those then. I didn't see them all. They might still be on... Uh... I'm sure they're still there. And and what's, what song did he end the shows with? Uh, he ended the shows with... Oh, don't tell me. Because I know this. I don't know it, but I do know it because Canadian. it was... What's that? Canadian is your clue. Oh, I know it was Canadian. And... What was it again? I can see by the clock on the wall that it's that's time right, the to and Schuster. wish you yeah, one the and, and all. Yeah, that's a great thing for someone of our our age. Our t- I mean, he's a little bit older than us, but not by much. And, uh, yep, we grew up at those shows as well. And I know you're saying the fun thing about him was he didn't care. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to guess that he really cared. Like, really cared. You know, And then there's times where, like, you know... Like uh, when he was the final Maybe guest I on say Letterman, he was kind of unfiltered. I think it's... he was. Uh, he was unfiltered. He knew. Yeah, that's that's right. But it's interesting sometimes when you see these guys who are the guys who you go like, they don't give a damn about anything. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. no, no I don't no. mean like that. I do think yeah, he loved he the people re- he worked with. And yeah, that he, there was a lot. Of, yeah. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and I do remember him. His last the the bit he the, he was the last stand up guest on and Letterman's last show. I remember watching that and doing all the old 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 jokes. Yeah, yeah, and then ending with a heartfelt thank you to David Letterman, which I thought was very that he very didn't nice. know he was going to do. He said later on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you yeah. if you follow him on Twitter, it was a mix of 
you know, uh, jokes, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, sports stuff. That, <laughs> holy moly. Well, that's, and then, that's the locker room and thing, then, right? And then very sincere stuff as yeah. well. And like yeah. telling people that he, he loved them, <laughs> cared about them. And I remember like he was on uh, a podcast. I'm trying to think if it was the Jimmy Dore podcast, one of those before Jimmy Dore became horrible. Um, <laughs> did Jimmy Dore become horrible? Yeah, I did. Oh. Um, and uh, and and somehow God got brought up, mm-hmm. and uh, Norm Macdonald said something about God, and was like, "Do you believe in God?" I was like, "Of course I do." And I was like, "Oh yeah, he was a big believer in God." Hmm. So that was, and you would think like that kind of fellow, yeah, would not, but that was part of him too. <laughs> there was a deep yeah. sincerity, mm-hmm. and the things he believed in, he really, really believed in. Yeah, but I bet you, if he was in a room full of people who liked loved God as well. That he was the most likely to poke fun at oh, of what they what they all shared, you know. Oh, it'd be very disrespectful to not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's no one. There's no one less religious than me in in a in a church setting, you know, because that's the exact place where it just feels like this is not it's not appropriate to be very religious here. That's mm-hmm. too much. It's too much religion. I'm against it. It's interesting, actually. Like someone was uh, put up a clip. Of the amount of jokes he has done in the last ten years about cancer. Well, that's the thing I was going to say too. Like yeah. on uh, Funny Ten Forty, which I've talked about, the AM station that plays um, stuff. Like he, I was going to say, like it was interesting that he was doing some cancer bits. Oh yeah, on there, and he must have been did a whole thing about like a whole special. It was all about death. Okay, yeah, he was talking about his uncle. You know, my uncle's battling cancer, which, as far as I can tell, is laying in bed watching old episodes of Matlock. Yeah, he said, and you know. And he says, I was bringing him the DVDs, you know, to watch. And, you know, and he was going on about how, you know, he didn't like the, the idea or the term battling cancer. He yeah. thought that was... Brave oh, battle. Yeah, brave battle. Because you goes, lose. What if you lose? <laughs> what if you lose? Like, did you lose? He died, I guess. What a coward. He gave up. He, he lost the cancer. That's... And, I, and, then, and then, yeah, I think the, one of the last things he had said about it was, uh, I like to think that... Well, the good thing is that when you die... Cancer dies, yeah. and so it's more of a draw. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Which is a great way yeah, it's to a great bit. Great bit. I mean, I hope he, yeah, I hope he didn't suffer too much at the end. But I feel like he was pr- pretty brave, and obviously super brave to continue on being who being Norm for the world while he was going through this. You know, yeah. like the things we were enjoying, his YouTube show and stuff like that, were all being done in the midst of this long, long uh, battle. In quotation marks. Yeah, sorry to call it that, Norm. Yeah, there was a lot of jokes about bowel cancer in the last while. So I don't know what is that. What he had? Is that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They had said. But, and to be fair, it is the funniest. It is, and also most horrific sounding. Yeah, there's not many more that are. Well, there are. It was there was uh, that was an old uh, kids in the hall sketch, which was Dave Foley came out and just went, uh, you know, sorry to stop the show, but uh, it's important news. Uh, They found uh, the cause of cancer, and then Bruce McCullough comes out. I'm sorry for causing all that cancer. <laughs> it's like, and especially bowel cancer. Okay. <laughs> like, there you go. I, I think brain cancer sounds worse or face cancer sounds worse, which are actual cancers, but they're so worse that there's nothing funny well, in that. Well, it doesn't that. have the funny sound. That's exactly right. Bowel. Bowel is funny. And is also funny. it's related to pooping. Yeah. Which makes it also funny. You know, like it's cancer stopping me from pooping. Yeah. You know, brain or face cancer you know, are horrible and this sound horrible and there's, there's no nothing to be wrung out of them, you know. 
<laughs> you could bring, you could wring something out of it, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you know. you got to work harder. You got to you got to work harder. Bowel Give me fifteen cancer. minutes. We'll work on it. But we'll workshop it. But I don't know why we'd want to when bowel cancer's right there. <laughs> exactly. It's hilarious. Yeah, we don't we don't need to go any farther than yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, he was talking as well about how he didn't like. It's interesting because he was talking about, and it sounded unrelated to anything, but how he didn't like, you know, when comics would come out and just tell, tell personal things from their lives mm -hmm. and, you know, just get applause. And that's the political stuff he yeah, didn't yeah, like that. Yeah. Clapter. He didn't call it clapter, but other people call it clapter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like, you know, a guy coming out and talking about his cancer and this and this. Like, okay. So what you're saying is <laughs> you don't want to be the guy who comes out and da da yeah, da da. Because yeah, yeah. I have seen comics like Irwin Barker, you know, uh, do stuff about his cancer. And mm -hmm. it was uh, good. <laughs> it was good material, you know, when he was sadly yeah, dying if, of cancer. If, you know? If you're funny, then you'll find some, you'll and find something it, funny out of that. That's what it comes down to it. I, you yeah. know, but it has to be funny. There's the difference between yeah. just going on stage and telling stories that you could tell at like a family dinner or any other sort of situation. but Or having something that you've carefully, you know, massaged into a bit you know and that's that's what i think what norm is talking about it's okay to do jokes about cancer but it's not okay to come out and just say i have cancer um you know i'm going through treatment and tell some you know related things of like that and then when you're you know but don't worry i'm, I'm fighting it stuff like that yay good job yeah the uh, famous erwin barker joke was uh you know his, he said uh, my doctor's given me 12 months to live but my lawyer says he can get it down to eight <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that was his opening bit. Yeah. Boom, and then and off we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, let's let's face it. There's nothing more. There's something fascinating. I shouldn't say nothing more fascinating, but something fascinating about a person who is uh, taking you through this that those stages of of death. You know, and you know, get it, wringing something out of it that makes it humanizes it. It makes it. Something that we can share with that person, you know, that's that's pretty brave, really, you know, to to be able to stand outside of it and find some humor there. I remember when I was going through cancer, I was going over to to, to our, you know, friend of the former friend of the show, David M, and, uh, and I was going over to watch movies. My mom said, "Oh, what are you going to watch?" I said, "Oh, Terms of Endearment, Champion, and Brian's Song." Said, that's not funny, you know. <laughs> yes, it is funny because I have cancer and I'm going to watch a bunch of movies where people die of cancer. That's hilarious. No, not according to my mom. But, you know, you got to have jokes. Otherwise, what's the point of this? What's the point of having cancer if you can't make fun of it? Stupid cancer. I think there's a, yeah, there's, there's a thing in just people's minds sometimes. Like, if you're a certain type of person, you feel like it's, it's like rude to bring, up, bring it up, right? <laughs> I guess so. You know, you're just like, yeah. this is your thing. You, you take on the burden yourself. Sure. Maybe the most intimate people in your life you tell mm -hmm. uh but that's but that's it yeah and then you don't you don't share and other people feel uh, you know pain shared is is pain halved you know but it feels like you know you don't want to be that person and there's it was like even like la last night just completely unrelated you know there was someone who was uh, tweeting something about how they were going through a really really rough time mm -hmm. but they were embarrassed you know at the end of, and they they kind of wanted to hurt themselves you know they, they weren't saying that directly but they mm -hmm. were you know Mm -hmm. And uh, and and you know, were embarrassed like afterwards that they they'd said this, and it's like no, it's okay, it's okay. Like mm -hmm. you know, sharing sharing this stuff is is okay. Yeah. And you're right, it is embarrassing, mm -hmm. but it's all embarrassing. Everything's sure. embarrassing. It's embarrassing to show 
you know, what you consider weakness, but like, then you can get better and other people don't feel that they're alone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of my worry with this and everyone goes with their own journey, but like, oh, maybe the way to handle this if I get sick is not to tell anybody. Maybe I shouldn't share it. Maybe the thing to do, (laughs) the good thing to do is... Especially your doctor. Keep it, keep it to myself. Some people feel that way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, some people feel like, you know, listen, if I don't go to the doctor, then... I'm fine. Yeah, that's fine. Because that the doctor is the one who you go to the doctor, you're going to get six months. But if you wait two months to go to the doctor, yeah. then you get eight months because you get the two months added to the thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there you and there you are and there you are. Yeah. You know, and again, you, you and we're and we're taught to not make a fuss. So having cancer is a fuss. Yeah. It's a, it's a big fuss, right? Yeah. Then you're a burden. So you you people. keep it. You know, so people are like, "How are you doing?" You go, "Oh, I'm fine." Are you fine? But you know, no one's going to say to you, "Are you fine?" They're just going to go, "Okay, he's fine." He's fine. He's laying in bed. He's lost all his hair. He's lost 30 pounds. He's fine. He's doing good. Sure, he's fine. You know, why is he saying he's fine? He's obviously not fine. Yeah. Like, that's a weird... But we don't want to trouble someone. We don't want to burden people with how we're feeling. Let's just gloss over that. Let's talk about something different. We don't need to talk about me. Yeah. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. This thing dripping into my arm, washing all the poison, poisonous chemicals out, it's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's... You know, it's calloused my veins till they're as hard as twigs. It's all right. I'm not gonna complain about it. It's more fascinating than it is troublesome. And yeah, you're not gonna you're gonna not gonna burst at some point and lose it. You keeping this all to yourself. I mean, I remember <laughs> I remember, I remember that with my dad. Just yeah. like you know, just at one point, him just turning to me and just going like, "This is uh, this is awful." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And and I wanted to give him more, uh, but. We had not built anything up in our relationship. That's right. To the point where yeah. we can now share this, yeah. you know, in this way that I wish I could reach out to you mm-hmm. because the little pain things along the way were not stuff that I guess men would talk about. <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, the first time is going to be when the dam is burst. Yeah. And like, I don't, what do we, we've got, we don't have this relationship. And sure. that to me still is like, ugh. Just uh, you know, I hope I hope just being there was helpful in some way. But you just ah, <laughs> I mean, I mean that's one of the things. Like we yeah. come on this little, uh, you know, our rinky dink show. Uh, thank, you, thank you for that Lettermanism. Yeah, there you go. It's, uh, <laughs> and and like Letterman, no women involved. <laughs> that's what I say. Um, except uh-huh. maybe that third dragon that shows up every so sure. often. Little, every oh, boy, I tell you. <laughs> Um, but I think like when we, at least this is my feeling, is like when we have a feeling or we have a, a thing, mm-hmm. you know, the instinct is to just go, it's fine. So I'm just wrap it up. Yeah. All right. And, but I think on, on here, yeah. uh, we try to say how we feel. Yeah. And, you know, even though it gets to the point where maybe it's embarrassing, maybe it's, uh, sure. it feels, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're talking today about like, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling a little heart sick about your daughters yeah. leaving, yeah. you know, and you know, you could just be like, well, man up, there we go. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, no. They're out of here and that's good. And I'm uh, going to turn it into a rec room and blah, blah, blah. But no, you talk about, you talk about your feelings, mm-hmm. you talk about when things hurt. Yeah. And I think that that's just makes things so much goddamn better. So much better. I think so. You know, because sure. then it opens the door for other people to talk to you too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. communication. And then, you know, if nothing else is like, you know, uh, then, then, you know, you don't start the conversation at the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's small steps to some. I remember when I was 
in my 20s, there were some people visiting Lisa's mom and dad. We were sitting in their living room talking, and the dad had his arm around his son's shoulders, just like naturally just thrown over his son's <laughs> shoulders, just kind of hugging his son to him as, as we're talking. And I'm just thinking, that is weird. <laughs> that is fucking weird. Like, well, what's going on here? Yeah. But I think, look, when I think of it now, I'm like, that is great. And how come I never got that? How come I didn't get my, a, an arm casually put around me while we're talking with friends or whatever, you know, that I could be with my dad, close to my dad? That'd be awesome. But it never happened, ever, you know? So I'm jealous of that kid. <laughs> I'm jealous that he got that kind of attention. That's great because that is a forever thing. Yeah. You will never, you know, like if my dad was sick, I would, it would be a most awkward hug ever given if I hugged my dad, you know, because we don't hug. We've hugged twice in our life. That's not something we do. I just don't, I would know how, know how to approach it. I feel like my dad would like shrink back from me if I like was coming, coming in for a hug, big guy, and he's going to be like, woo, watch out. Yeah, I couldn't imagine hugging my dad. No. Yeah. And, but that's terrible that it wasn't a thing my entire life. You know, like even as a kid, you know, my mom would make us kiss her dad goodnight when we went to bed. We would, you know, and it was always, you know, kiss your dad. And my dad was like, whoa, oh, oh, okay. And then he'd turn his head away from us and we'd have to kiss his, his whiskery, shaving, yeah, whiskery, whiskery cheek. Just tears your lips off. <laughs> At the end of the day, he shaved in the morning. And yeah. so now it's night and there's stubble there, you know. And, yeah. and it was just not nice, you know. And it wasn't like, it just, it didn't feel like affection. It just felt like, oh, here's. Obligation. My, my, my fatherly duty to turn my face away from you when you give me a kiss, you know. And, and I think my mom also kind of gave up too. Like my mom, this is in my mom's nature. She did this with the girls as well, which is you're great when you're a kid, but you're terrible when you're a teenager. <laughs> and you said, when is it okay to hit, hit a kid when they're a teenager? That's okay. Cause then they're old enough to take it. Right. When is it okay to not kiss your mom? Good night. When you're a teenager, you know, and my mom just said, okay, that's fine. Whatever. She didn't insist on it. You know? I feel like, no, that's when you really have to build the bridges. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to like, be like, no, I'm not, I'm your mother. You know, you need to give me a hug. At least give me a hug goodnight. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to give me a kiss, that's fine. But at least give me a hug goodnight, you know. But she didn't insist on it. She just went, oh, well, they don't want to do any more. They're teenage boys. That's fine. Game over. You know, and that's the wrong, that's the wrong attitude. Like you, you have to fight sometimes. You just can't like go, oh, they're not following my every wish and whim and command. I give up. These kids are untamable. Oh, what bad boys I have. You know, like, no, you say, listen, I love you. I want a hug every night when you go to bed. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I hug the girls every day. You know, they, that's, that's how they, they say that. They go, dad, dad, uh, I, they, they say, dad shows affection through touching. That's how I do it. I, you know, I want to give them hugs. You know, they can't sit on my knee anymore. That's, that's I wish they could still. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, you know, like I just, it's so sad that I, even now, like saying this, I know that if, when my dad is, is go leaving us, that I will not, it will be this most awkward thing and I'll want to, but I won't be able to, to hug him. I think, you know what? I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to give him a hug next time I see him, actually. Give it a shot. I'm going to do it. Report back to us. I'm going to do it. It's interesting, like the idea that uh, affection, I mean, God, for, forget even disease, <laughs> but like, but if, that affection is rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, love is rude. What do you? Well, come on. Yeah, come on. we don't want to do Wait, that. What are you doing? Why, 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 why are you putting this pressure on me? So, like, you're never going to say, like, you know, when you're going through a hard time, God forbid, cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to bring it up because you know that's rude. Yeah. Why would I? Why would I want to ruin 
Ruin, yeah, I don't want to ruin family dinner. Now, I'm going to throw a, a second layer on this, okay. which is just like, you know, but I also think, you know, with the Dora McDonald thing is like, there's room for every joke as well, yeah. too. If you've got, the, if you got the, the, the space, like if he's on stage and it's a stand-up show, yeah. every joke is fine. Sure. Every joke is fine. Like yeah. he, he did uh, near the end, though, um, he, he did some joke about a uh, trans person. Yeah. And uh, did you know about this? No. Oh, and then um, uh, later had a conversation uh, with someone about it. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that joke anymore. Because, you know, there's there's people who hear these jokes, don't take them as jokes, yeah. and then go out and commit violence and it yeah. he realized that that was having an effect. So sure. he was like, I'm not doing I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. I think like it was just too close to reality, you know, sure. and people like if if you're doing a joke, let's say, uh, like a racial joke mm-hmm. uh, or a joke about my wife is a bad lax. Yeah. You know, that's so over the top corny that like it crosses to yeah, yeah. you know there and it's yeah. not like there's not that there's not real misogyny and there's yeah, not real yeah. racism yeah but we have not turned the corner on trans. the trans prejudice exactly. enough yeah, yeah. that you can make a cartoon of that mm-hmm. yeah. yet yeah so uh yeah so he was like i'm not i'm not doing those because that yeah you know i don't want someone going out and then beating up somebody sure. over, over this yeah can we get to the point where are we at the point with with um homosexuals where we can we can mock them in a, in a, in a, I don't mean in a mean way, but in, in a way that's stereotyping or whatever, in, in, a, in a fun way, if that's possible. That, or do you think that we're still like not there yet as a culture where well, the they're not like, still under threat from idiots? There's, you know? there's, <clears throat> with what he was doing, yeah, was, you know, again, the my wife is a battle axe. Mm-hmm. Is uh, you know he's doing 1960s type yeah yeah you know thing we we've gone past that kind of thing so sure. if you are doing jokes and who the hell am I to judge on this <laughs> uh, except by the way the reason my dad didn't kiss me uh, was because uh, he was worried I was uh, going to be gay so he stopped kissing me because of that so let me just throw that out there as like a real life thing that like eh, good S- smooth move um, I I I think uh, you know if if comedians who are edgy yeah. are trying to do uh, uh, gay jokes, yeah. usually the gay jokes are so uh, out of date mm-hmm. that they're not, it's just, they're bullshit. They're, they're shock jokes for shock jokes purpose, yeah, yeah. but they're not, they're not even joke jokes, they're just yeah. like, this is this is hack. hack. Yeah, hack you're just doing yeah. uh, uh, like a, something from an old, then you can do that ironically mm-hmm. from like an old 60s joke book, I guess, Yeah. but could you actually do a joke about the subject? About how people are now. I'm sorry, I'm missing about Norm's uh, Bob Saget roast where he he did do that. He did all the all, corny old jokes. All corny old jokes from a 1940s joke. Yeah, book and just just ate it. Just ate the reaction. And yeah, it was so great. And the bad lack stuff that he yeah. did on Letterman was just like all yeah old yeah. corny jokes yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. He was a guy who knew the structure of jokes mm-hmm. from the old corny jokes, yeah. so he could alter them to be yeah you know modern jokes if he wanted to. He could just do. He could just do anything. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. Yeah. Just genuinely shocking and genuinely. Oh. And, and, and I, as far as I know, I don't remember him. And maybe he did. But he doesn't seem to be one of those guys like Bill Maher who just goes on about, you can't say anything anymore. Yeah. He seems yeah. to be one of those guys who would just go on and say anything. And to say anything. And, and, you know, and, but do it in a way that I guess worked for him. Or just we didn't or hear. just ate it. We didn't or, like ate, or ate the reaction. And just ate it. Or yeah. someone like a Bill Maher would <laughs> yeah. like the joke wouldn't work and yeah. they turn on the crowd and just go, Oh, I guess you can't 
Can't say, say that anymore, yeah. Instead, yeah. he just like laugh at the awkward silence, <laughs> yeah, he, and that's how he do it. He kind of like, liked that challenge anyway. He yeah, so like what? That, yeah. So the joke didn't work? Who mm-hmm. cares? Mm-hmm. To quote Kevin Meany, I don't care, I don't well, care. They say that's, that's why he likes Saturday Night Live so much, was that he said it's the last place you can fail on television. Yeah. You know, there's... You can generally bomb. You can really bomb, especially on Update, because if the rest of the show stank, before you came on, you were like, ooh, we really got to... Make this work, otherwise we're not going to get anything out of this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think he liked that. He liked that, which is interesting to like. Not only it's one thing to fail in front of a club, but it's another thing to do on a television show in front of millions of people. And just so weird to get fired for the OJ thing. So weird. They won't say that. They won't say it, but they did say it in a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> that was a conspiracy. You ever see the conspiracy rock cartoon? No, no. Yeah, it was just a, it was a it was a thing. It was like the JJ Settlement, whatever the TV Funhouse. Yeah, yeah. And, like, one of the last things was, you know, why they send Norm MacDonald away because they did too many jokes about old OJ. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, Dick Ebersol, which, curiously, he was the guy who took over Saturday Night Live, like, producing Saturday Night Live, uh, I think after... Yeah, after the bad... Uh, yeah, yeah, after that bad season. After the Gilbert Gottfried uh, mm-hmm. season, yeah. I can't remember, I can't remember the name of the person. Her, her, I don't know her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who t- took over as producer when, when Lauren Michaels left, after the original cast left. And then Dick Ebersole took over for a while. That's why there was that weird thing where they would alternate with World West, Worldwide, with WWE wrestling, as oh, okay. well as Saturday Night Live. They had some nights that were given over to, to WWE events at that time. That's because he was... Dick Ebersol was a sports guy at NBC and had a relationship oh, okay. with uh, whoever the the ape was who ran WWE. I can't remember that guy's name, but um, yeah. So he he um, yeah. So Chris. So he still had some. Obviously, he was a powerful guy at NBC and was friends with OJ and did not like did not appreciate Norm's obvious obviously right feeling that OJ Simpson was a murderer. Yeah. I also like the fact that he said that at the uh, ESPN awards that year he said you know he said to the guy who was the heisman trophy award winner he said and they can never take that away from you unless you murder your wife and a waiter <laughs> then they can't take it away from you and the whole audience is just like <gasps> you see guys like covering their faces like oh my god can't believe he said that you know because this is way back you know when it wasn't quite decided yet yeah. that he was a murderer and uh yeah it was uh yeah he went there. I feel... Uh, he is, went there. Again, this is just me. Aside from, like, he's a genius and he's great. <laughs> the difference between uh, Bill Maher and uh, Norm MacDonald mm-hmm. is the nationality. And here's here's how I look at it. Sure. Also funny. Uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> Bill Maher had to have done some jokes at some point in his okay. life. Um, but, like, it feels like Norm MacDonald will do his jokes. Yeah. And, you know, take it or leave it. He'll eat it. He'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he's always got kind of Canada to go back to. Like, he's got himself to go back to. He can go yeah. back to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, because he's not fully American. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's there, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's got that distance. Whereas I feel like Bill Maher is so invested that when things are going wrong, he's got nowhere to go and he gets scared. Like, he's really scared. Because <laughs> okay. if this isn't working, he's got nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Where with Norm, if it's not working, eh. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Go, go back. Go yeah. to Canada and just do tour around, do some stand up. Yeah. Be fine. Yeah, it's okay. Can't can't hurt him. Can't hurt him. Whereas, like you know, Mar is invested in a way that a lot, I think a lot of those comics that are like, you can't say anything anymore. It's like, of course you can. And I think like someone like Norm Macdonald proved it. You yeah. could. Yeah. You know, every every time he was on TV. I think 
I think he saw David Letterman performing stand-up before he ever saw him as a TV personality. I think I remember him talking about that, like seeing him uh, do a show. And he remember he had some joke about a garbage man. I can't remember the joke, I'm sorry. but And Letterman was like, oh, I'm sorry you had to see that. But uh, Norman was like, no, you really opened up the possibilities for me. Because I realized, you know, you could just be like, do what you do, which was just weird setups. Yeah. And not necessarily have a punch punchline or a payoff for them. And, you know, and I just really like... I was like, oh, this is the future, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, it's about the journey mm -hmm. in the bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think Letterman had, because Letterman was not like a real jokester as much as he was a personality. And so you, you got his personality was the humor, not necessarily the, the jokes, you know. And Norman Donald brought that too, you know, his delivery and stuff like that. That's what's really the joke and what he's saying, you know. You know, because he's, especially when he's doing like jokes from 1940s joke book or from 1960s corny stuff you know the humor is in the way he's delivering it and the, the, how much he's invested in the bit you know and i love the with the bob saga one i love the things like you know uh you're as beautiful as a flower a cauliflower <laughs> you know that means your your face looks like a cauliflower what i mean is you're you're ugly <laughs> It's just so, you know, it's just not enough. You know, he just keeps over explaining all these old jokes and it really makes it even better. It's just really good. It's really good. There's a thing I was watching. Um, well, the, the kind of the, what the famous one is, is uh, I can't remember the name, the lady's name, but she was from Melrose Place. Yes. It's on Conan O'Brien. Courtney. Uh, Thorne no. Smith or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and Norm is, Chairman of the board. Yes. That, well, that was because uh, Conan challenges him. He says, she says the name of the, the movie is Chairman of the Board. And, and Conan says, make, make something of that, you creep, to, uh, to Norm, who's been, like, kind of writing this poor actress through the whole, through her whole interview. And, uh, and Norm says, I, I bet it's spelled B-O-R-E-D. And Conan <laughs> just loses it because it's probably true. And somehow there was a setup of just, like, I, I got a three-word title for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Box Office Poison. Yeah, because they're trying to guess what the title would be. Yeah. It, it said it's a movie with featuring Carrot Top. She says, yeah, well, I got a three-word title for you, Box Office Poison. She's like, hey, I'm in that movie. What about my career? Yeah, what about your career? This is not going anywhere. I hate to tell you, you left a hit show to do a movie with Carrot Top. I don't know. Feels feels like Melrose Place is also a cul-de-sac. But still, it's probably better publicity for the uh, movie than anything else. It, that, yeah, yeah. If anything was going straight. <laughs> no one was going. You know what? This does seem like a good movie. Ah, I'll see it. We're still talking it. about it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Norm Macdonald, R.I.P. Watch some. Uh, watch some clips. Of him. Watch the clip of him uh, giving a gift basket to Conan. It's really good. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I don't think. Congratulatory gift basket. <laughs> I will, maybe I'll let me put let me put that there. Uh, gift basket. <laughs> well, you, yeah, uh, find it and send it to me. So I'll, I'll put and it on the, think, put the website. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think what's the other thing I was going to uh, to give you. Ah, I forget. What it was. <laughs> we'll listen to the beginning of the show later on. Did you want to say a little bit about why the last man before sure, we move on sure, to the mailbag? Yeah, uh, it's midway through the show, so I might as well plug it. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> three episodes of Why the Last Man uh, aired in Canada and. Uh, in the States mm -hmm. uh, uh, last Monday. And uh, it's just such a... Like, my wife is the co-creator of the comic book. Yes, yeah. Uh, and artist uh, along... And the writer is Brian K. Vaughn. Um, and it's it's interesting. The way she described it was like watching... <laughs> it's weird. It's like watching your child leave home. Hey, we've got a theme going on here. <laughs> because it's, it's something that you're not... 
directly involved in. Yeah. They were part of the creation. Sure. But then you've got to like let them go and do mm -hmm. their own thing. Yeah, you can't just be... love them. Yeah, you, you can't know, as they go in their own directions. You have so, to like, give up ownership of this. That's right. Yeah. So that's that's that feeling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it's been it's been you know very very positive and and it's just been nice really nice seeing the reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things though it feels like at least to me is because this has been trying to get it done for about 15 years yeah you know yeah. it was supposed to be like a movie mm -hmm. and then it was mm -hmm. this and that, the other and yeah. then it was this and, and there's just, just been so uh, to the point where like it was going to be a tv show obviously and then um then COVID hits yeah and now it's like will it happen mm -hmm. with COVID? and yeah yeah um when the when the when but in a way COVID has made it more resonant you can you can take that well here's the weird bit is like uh, when the comic was was starting, yeah, uh, Pia's first day drawing it, mm -hmm. she was very excited. I saw her like the night before, yeah, and uh, we'd just been going through like a, a weird situation where we just started dating mm -hmm. uh, a couple of months earlier. Her apartment uh, building burned, mm -hmm. uh, so she ended up moving in the apartment uh, complex next to mine. I remember that. And uh, you built a rope ladder because it was the... it was too much to move yeah. in together that. That that quick, but yeah. we, we did want to be close to each other. Yeah. So I remember, like the night before, it's just like I start tomorrow. It's like there we go, and this is the start of like you know this wow. book and hoping hoping for the best with yeah. everything. And I said good night to her, went to bed, and then uh, that was September 11th, uh, 2001. Wow. Was the day wow. she was starting to work on it, and uh, you know uh, she was she was sleeping in a bit. The cats were going crazy because mm -hmm. the phone was ringing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and then she came over to my place after her mom said. You know, there's a war. Mm. There's a war. Yeah. They attacked America. There's a war. Yeah. And they're like, oh, she came over, wakes me up, and sort of sleepy, and we're mm -hmm. just trying to struggle and figure this out. And this is after the first tower uh, fell, and then wow. the second one fell. Yeah. And it was like, oh, and so like almost the last thing on your head is is you know, will the book go on? But like, who wants to see a book about you know, uh, it's almost the end of the world. Yeah. Well, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So. It felt like in both situations, you know, uh, but it did make it more resonant. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. Because you're a bit, a bit more in that mindset. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to, of course, think that. But yeah, it felt like it happened again. Mm -hmm. Just as things were starting, mm -hmm. this this occurred. Um, and then, yeah, there was all this stuff that was actually going to happen in the book originally that, uh, you know, was connected uh, to, you know, Al-Qaeda that then got yeah. <laughs> out yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's it's weird too because there's some things that people talk about in the book, uh, you know, uh, things that things that you know aren't covered mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And and to me, I look at them putting the book together then in literally 2001. Yeah. At the like right afterwards, mm -hmm. Brian was uh, an auxiliary police officer. Okay. He was like directing traffic. Yeah. He watched both towers fall from his roof. Wow. You know. And and all this and uh, it's like the mindset that the world was in right then and then you can't cover everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's amazing that it that you know there was no anti you know that it like the mindset could have been jingoistic. It mm -hmm. could have been all this, but it, you know it was it was this beautiful book that came out of it that you know yeah, people yeah. loved. Yeah, you know there were some aspects that. You know, uh, you know that people have said that you know uh, weren't sensitive to trans people, mm. and it wasn't really a wasn't really on the table in those. This in is those the days. thing. It's yeah. like I and again, you don't want to make excuses for mm -hmm. 
sure. those kind of things. But uh, you know, there are there are terms that are used, but there are terms that are said by negative characters mm. because a character says something isn't necessarily yeah. that people in the you're endorsing yeah. that. That's yeah. just what this character who went mm-hmm. through trauma is saying. Yeah. Um, but you know, just just trying to say what the mindset of the world was at that point in time. You're right. That was not. Yeah. part of the mindset it was is the world going to end yeah yeah right now you know are we going to go to war mm-hmm. what kind of war is it going to be yeah uh and you know are people going to blame muslims for this that and the other and that's you know just are they that, that was people, the, they were able was to like walk down yeah. the damn street oh mm-hmm. there's going to be a mosque in our neighborhood mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's it's like that was what the world was so cut to cut to now mm-hmm. this all goes uh, through now and uh it is really nice seeing um, just little, just reactions of people that are seeing themselves represented. You know, first of all, I think that the the, the show is is good on its own. It's it's very well done. The actors are all fucking bang I, on. I really enjoyed the world building it's it's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think like three fifty five is mm-hmm. astounding, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm seeing things online where people are, are seeing themselves represented that have not seen themselves represented. Yeah, you know there was a person who who uh, was writing how I've never seen uh, and he was a trans man. Yeah, and and he was going like I haven't seen that character on TV before. Hmm. That was me. Okay, I've never seen him before. Yeah, on on TV and he just started crying. Huh. And it was like yeah and this isn't just a side character that's there yeah you know as in like you know a sitcom and then you're going to see the character one week and you're never going to see them again <laughs> yeah yeah there's like a, a plot line yeah. with them that it's, it's important yeah so yeah it's it's nice seeing how it's hitting people mm-hmm. you know uh you know i've seen some negative stuff which is people some people think it moves a little slowly and i was like fair enough uh but i th- i just think the way it's building things out is just just really exciting and I'm really I do hope it kind of picks picks it up a little bit yeah one thing I liked about the comic and maybe you know you're, I have not read it since it came out sure so let me just say that but it felt like there was a lighter touch lighter tone mm-hmm. to the comic than, than the show the show's yeah. you know the show is kind of your your new typical com or not comedy sorry TV uh, drama which is like underlit everyone's very sedate right. and it's you know and, and so but you know they need to build. They need to like build up this world and make us understand what yeah. this new reality is. Because it's hard to imagine a world that fifty percent of that world is gone. That's not just the blip from Marvel. That's that was an equal opportunity blip. This is like yeah. a one one. Per, this is a one uh, gender yeah, blip like that. that's cha- a, changed the. And or I, I should say do gender. Like but, even the conversations that people are having where yeah. they're, you know, uh, going, "Oh, why is there no food? Yeah, what's going on? Why why is there no food?" And it's it's an interesting discussion because you know. You learn stuff like yeah. uh, the reason that there's no food is because in New York City, as in most major cities, um, uh, supermarkets have two days worth of food mm-hmm. because the food is delivered fresh. Yeah. It's delivered fresh. It's put out. Yeah. And so we have you, truck farming. Yeah. If you cut <laughs> out, <laughs> the, if, yeah. you, if you cut out the trucks, yeah. And I think they established that like 95 percent of truckers are men. Mm-hmm. So now that supply line is down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're out of food. Yeah. In a week, done. And the thing is, we're going through that right now. We have a shortage of, of truck drivers because of COVID, you know, so people are sick or or they've, you know, passed away or whatever. And so this is the reality. We yeah. don't have enough truck drivers. This is what's happening right now. That's cut means why why is it taking, you know, longer for you to get things that you want? Well, this is because all the supply lines are all backed up. Imagine that world. Imagine that situation with everyone removed who does those things. You know, no one can go to the farms to pick up 
the food. Yeah. No one's delivering from warehouses. No one's working in the warehouses. Most warehouse jobs are performed by by men as well. Yeah, you know, so it's it's just such an interesting discussion. It's the mm-hmm. start of so many interesting discussions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like the scene in the film where they're talking about the power going off in the cities, and the president says, "Which city? Like, All of them." Yeah, because there's no one. There's not enough people to man these things. Well, that's the other problem as well, right? Like, it's not just that. It's not just that men are gone. It's that fifty percent of the world is gone. So you've lost your workforce by fifty percent. You know, so you have fifty percent less happening. You have fifty percent less doing. That's a lot. And we live in a world that's very integrated. And what we do together to make the world work is yeah. very important. And when you take out a huge part of that workforce, that integrated network of people all working to make it work, it doesn't work. Yeah, and I like, uh, again, I, I like looking at some of the complaints that are good complaints, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, well, why don't they bury the bodies? It's like, where? <laughs> yeah. Where? Like, tell and that they, to New York City. Yeah, that's a, the thing. A, six months ago or a year ago. Yeah, wh- yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and then you actually do in like the third episode see someone try to bury a body in mm-hmm. the winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, forget it. <laughs> you know, there, there you go. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I understand. Yeah, the criticism of like you know it's the a little bit slow, and it. I you know they want it to be funnier because the book was more jokey. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder. Yeah, coming after coming after COVID, where people know what this is like how mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a different take sure and i but i yeah, do it's, it's but a different I, sensibility for sure yeah but i and i'm not saying this again in a negative way even i'm like really interested in seeing where it's going to go mm-hmm. like i love the characters that are in it yeah and you know there's uh, there's some people who who haven't watched it who are going i don't want to see this kind of morbid thing right now mm. and i'm like uh, okay but do you want to see you know um, oh, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on her name. She's the lead. She plays the president. Uh, Diane, Diane Lane. Lane. Yeah. Diane Lane. Do you want to see Diane Lane as the president? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. How about like a competent president dealing with this crisis? It's yeah. like, yeah, okay. Do you want to see like uh, a mysterious uh, agent, uh, this black woman, uh, uh, you know, uh, killing white supremacists? Yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> okay, well then we're going to show you that. Uh, would you like to see a guy saving a monkey? Yeah, I'd like to see that. Okay, there you go. We got that. Uh, do you not like Megan McCain? Yeah, I don't. I'd like to see a Megan McCain type being told to shut up. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that. It's like there's all these things in it that are yeah. just whoop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's also weird, uh, you know. There, when we first watched, we first watched the first three episodes a couple of months ago without any special effects, and yeah. one of the scenes was uh and again i'm spoiling a little bit of it but york going into a flooded subway station in yeah. new york okay and uh and then you've in the last couple of weeks you've seen people do that mm-hmm. you know it's just yeah to the point where again when when you're looking at the twitter feed you know and, and he's doing that in the show people are just going no <laughs> they know exactly what that's like and here's why you don't do that yeah da, yeah da, da. everything's got this touch of reality to it that they're like oh i, I just said welcome to typhus <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I liked uh, I like one of the mums, you know, at one point asking, "Did you get your shot at camp?" Mm-hmm. You know, let this year. And like the girl can't remember. Yeah. Like, I hope you did. Yeah, you did. Hope you, you did. did. <laughs> you yeah, did. it's like yeah. all these small little things yeah. are just like that you that you take for There's granted. Some very good small details that I really liked how they uh, presented things, yeah. Yeah, it's it's I've enjoyed it so far. So I got I have someone at work watching it with me, so that's Yeah, good. and uh, and one of my favorite uh, 
you know, characters. You know, it's coming up in episode five in an episode called Manhunt mm. that mm. Uh, I think is. Oh, I'm just. I'm so looking forward to that. It's going to be great. <laughs> so I'm very. We'll I'm very proud to... that the. Um, the you know, at, at the that the show is finally out there. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think something. Uh, that feels like for, for, for both of us, but probably especially Pia is after 15 years, it feels like uh, you're at a marathon and the marathon isn't quite over, but you're, yep. you, you're past a certain point. And when people ask like, so hey, it's, it's fun, huh? It's great. Things are good, eh? I'm just so tired. <laughs> just been working for 15 damn years trying yeah. to, yeah. and at every, every day, there's something that could stop it forever. Mm-hmm. Every fucking day there's something yeah comes up you know that's like how about this how about this how about this how yeah about this? it's how about the, this? you're right every fucking day and it's probably yeah. not alone in that as well like it yeah it does kind of show what a miracle it is what for tv shows to make it to to, to tell me think i mean just think of like a, uh, the main cast member leaving yeah the showrunner the main uh, two ca- two two of the main cast members leaving two of the main cast members that's right yeah. two main cast members leaving to uh, if you're ha- not counting the president, having the president this... also gone. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Timothy uh, Timothy Hutton. Oh, okay, originally, but now it's Paul Gross. Which I was pretty proud because he's Canadian. Yeah, actually, it's it's, <laughs> it's interesting when Pia was living in the states. Uh, one of the things that uh, got her to move back was she just uh, was watching Due South episodes. Okay, and she just started missing Canada so <laughs> much. <laughs> so she's a huge fan of uh, Paul Gross. So that was a. Case. I thought the show took place in the states. It does. It, isn't, in, isn't in Buffalo or something like that, right? Yeah, but because there was so much Canadianism mm. in it. And they do come to Canada every so often. Sure, why not? It's right near the, right, right near the bridge there, right? Right close to Windsor. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. So I watched all three. In fact, I watched one of them without Lisa, so I have to rewatch that one. That's fine, though. It's enjoyable. So yeah, and frustrating because of that Megan McCain lookalike. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, it's it's when I when I saw it the first time, I thought like, oh man, that's so Megan McCain, and everyone around me is going like, no, she was going for a, a Ivanka Trump. I'm like, no, that's Megan McCain. Like, I get what you're saying because it's the president's daughter. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, but like, anytime someone goes, my father, I'm like, that's Megan McCain, <laughs> and that's so great. And uh, I know like a lot of people were were saying how like the president was supposed to be Trump, but uh, to me, when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's Pence. He's got the Pence hair, mm. and it's mm. like, yeah, that would, mm, yeah. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to think there was some sort of like one to one idea. I think it was just sort of he's just sort of a combination of Bush, you know, Pence, kind of all that kind of just those guys. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's just That's what he is. He's a, he's except, a sexist, except he's uh, very charming. That's the thing. Yeah, he's very charming, other, but the other guys aren't really charming. Yeah, well. Yeah. I Do you don't think know. Bush we, was charming? We didn't see them in a yeah. way in a way that their charm would show through. But I think people have you know It's tough when you're Paul Gross though, you're so damn handsome. <laughs> right? Like you're you're really It's weird to see him with gray hair though. Yeah. So like, oh I guess he is kinda getting up there. Still. Yeah. yeah. No, come on. Uh, sure. What are you going to do? I'd do him. What are you going to do? Say no? I know, of course. We both <laughs> listen, we both have sex with him. Let's admit that. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. And he's very uh supportive of of uh, the armed forces in Canada, done a few different things like Hyena Road, and I think he did one about World War One as well. Oh, cool! About uh, I think at the the Somme, I think. Yeah, yeah. Battle of the Somme. He's a damn delight. Great guy. There's a uh, there's an interactive experience 
that uh, is happening in London right now for the premiere on Disney Plus. Okay. Why the Last Man? That's taking place. Uh, yeah, and uh, it it looks really really cool. They have I'm a foot find... and tube station. They dare you to <laughs> go into. I'm trying to find you know more pictures of it, and a lot of people are posting stuff now. Uh, but I want to just see what all of it is. It's it's pretty thrilling. It looks like the kind of thing that you would see at Comic Con, uh, okay. but, but bigger. Neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So it's uh, keep it's, it going. Keep promoting it, folks. This is all. Uh, yeah, it's all very surreal for us. Again, it, it's one of these things where like it's you know we've just been like every day has just been like I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it happens, and then it no one can take away that it it, it, it has happened. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And sneakers out there, we don't expect you to watch the show if you don't want to. But what we do want you to do is ask everyone you know if they've seen it. And when they say, no, have you? Have you? you go, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, we don't like ask it. you to watch it. But here's what we ask you to do. Yeah. Put it on your TV. Leave the room. <laughs> Get, program it on your DVR. Leave the room. Because that counts. There we go. So, uh, so please, uh, please do that. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that uh, makes me go, huh. Hmm? So there's this uh, movie coming out called 355. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Where'd you get that idea from? <laughs> okay. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I just want to say bef- quickly before we go to the mailbag. I know we're going to go to the mailbag, but I watched okay. a movie on. Are we doing no. Uh... I know. Not, I said it was, we're going to do it bi weekly. Oh, very good. So this is the, this is the weekly. Understood. Next week is the bye. Asked and answered. So, or this is the bye. Next week is the weekly. Uh, so, um, Which is why we said we'd both do Paul uh, Gross. Yes, <laughs> totally. So I, I watched, um, watched a movie on Netflix called Kate. So mm. as an actress I like a lot, Elizabeth, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, as a female assassin. I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, I guess they're doing like a John Wick thing with her. That's cool. I, you know, I like John Wick and I like... But... I feel like I feel like there's a weird thing with like female assassin movies, and that is they just can't be an assassin. They have to have a, a mentor okay. who's taught them the, how to be an assassin. You know, of course, it's a guy. Sure, it has to be a guy, and they've taught them everything they know. And we have to know that about them. We just, okay. They just can't just be like like John Wick. We don't have like a scene with John Wick where he's like being taught by someone how to. Shoot, or he was adopted at, at, when he was six. No, he's Baba Yaga. He's always been. He's like just this. just John Wick. Yeah, mysterious. Why figure. can't we watch this movie with Kate? And it's just her. Yeah. As a killer, and this is not unusual to these movies. Like ha- Hannah's like this. You know, we have to, her dad has to be the person who trained her. We have to see her being trained. Um, there's other ones. If I wanted to think about it, I, I could think about it. But I just it just feels so weird, like so condescending, that you just can't have like a. A killer female in a movie. It has to. I mean, even even the most broadest one is Black Widow. She was. Still... Or Black Widow is another yeah. example of that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, she has to be trained by someone. We have to see that. Mm-hmm. What's her backstory? Well, her backstory was she was trained by someone. That's not interesting. Who cares? Like, and then the other thing with this film is that we she can't just be cool and fun like John Wick. She has to be feeling bad about what she's doing. And feeling sad and stuff. It's kind of a DOA kind of situation where she's been poisoned. Sure. She's been, uh, been, uh, she has radioactive, she has radiation poisoning. So she's dying of that. It takes place in Japan. Is that bad taste, everyone? If someone's dying, given radiation in Japan and they're dying of, I don't know, it seems kind of weird. It seems like a yeah, weird thing to a, do. Mm. But anyway, so she's, uh, she's in Japan. She's, uh, she's an assassin. Someone's trying to kill her. She's now, she's trying, she's, you know, racing against time to discover who did it. You know, and so 
but at the same time, she's feeling really bad of what she's done. And just feels like, oh, why do we have to get this? Like, why can't it just be, like, fun John Wick, Stone Cold Killer, cool person, doing their job, hard, hard-ass professional. The fight scenes are good in it. Like, they're really fun. Like, she good. does a really good job in, in the fight scenes and Now, stuff. is it a Netflix film in that uh, there's big sweeping landscapes that are the B-roll and then everything takes place in a hallway? A lot of small rooms. A lot of alleyways, yeah, and there are a lot of rooms. That's basically right. yeah, Netflix yeah. action yeah. movies. It's yeah, just yeah. like, we're in Singapore! Yeah. And then <laughs> are it's you? just like, yeah, in, in a restaurant there are, in Singapore, the same are, Chinese restaurant yeah. you've always been in. To be fair, there are some alleyway fights and stuff like that yeah. that are seem like they could yeah. be in, in Tokyo. Yeah, everyone ends up going into a warehouse. Like, just like every time. <laughs> there, there's a bit of that, like, too. Okay. There's a bit of that, too. But it's, 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 the action scenes have made it, made it worthwhile watching. I, I could do without the, the sad... She has a tear roll down her cheek near the end of the film, and you're just like, eh. Radioactive tear? Yeah, I guess so. Look out. It's glowing. But yeah, no, it was just, I just think that would of, be good, actually. If the tear's going down her face, and then the lights turn out, and you just see the tear, and it's glowing, and that's all you see is the glowing tear. I, I don't think that's scientifically oh, possible, good. but it would be kind of interesting, yeah. Yeah, or, or that she was running in the dark, and she was glowing a little bit. Like she had like an aura of, of glowing aura. That is a good point. It feels like you would not... And again, the setup for John Wick was not that he would be trained because mm-hmm. the whole setup was just like, anytime anyone mentioned him, hushed tones. Yeah. We're like, what? Mm-hmm. What? Did you piss off John Wick? Sure. He's... You just pissed off a storm. Like, you, <laughs> you just... What did you do? He's a, sure. He's a force of nature. You can't... Yeah. But that's the, that do? should be the idea of this film. Yeah. That you've poisoned... You've poisoned this super skillful assassin By the like way, what the what were you thinking here's the john wick problem then. yeah it's like the whole thing is like he's baba yaga yeah yeah he's the most dangerous man there is. then they capture him well then but the problem is yeah the second <laughs> That's what i hate about it but yeah i know you hate that part no but the problem is then the second movie yeah is everyone chasing him it's yeah. just like why are you chasing baba yaga yeah yeah you moron like yeah. find your money somewhere else <laughs> like i don't know how much money it is yeah but like you just established but it's so much money that they can't resist it even though it is super dangerous i know and, and no one mentions but also, like you know he's killed a hundred people yeah. today sure well then don't but it's but it's like a it's but it, i mean it's like any kind of movie where you have like super skillful fighters like there's always someone who thinks that they're as good as you. I mean that's the whole point of like when you are the hundred Sergio Leone movies and stuff like that. Challenge Jaws to a fist fight. <laughs> well, don't challenge Jaws. Just, well, that's what they're doing. I know, I know. I just, I just bought. Um, I couldn't resist it. It was, it was. Uh, it cost me like eighty bucks for um, the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Okay. Like the Criterion released like a box set of them, and there's the six films, and then an extra one which was a uh, a North American. Uh, comp, kind of a merging of the first two films into one movie. Okay. So it has seven movies on it. So I thought, well, I want to really want to see those movies. This seems like the only way I can do it. What the heck? I'll, I'm gonna, you know, it's basically ten bucks a film. What the hell? Sure. And so, um, so I, I got it. That's great. But it's the same sort of thing, right? Like this guy, Lone Wolf guy, is like the greatest samurai swordsman of all time yet there is an unlimited number of idiots who think that they can challenge him you know and that if you didn't have it it wouldn't you wouldn't have the fun of of watching the his skillful fighting and that's what is the point half the point of those films right i just the, you like you wouldn't want to watch a jackie chan movie where everyone's running away from him okay but okay you've got in this world which is a bizarre world yeah that has uh set up that there's a league of assassins that are highly trained assassins and they're all it's not just like they're all uh, just people who just went, I'm an assassin. Yeah. Like, they are part of this group. Yeah. So I am assuming that they are 
fairly okay at what they do. Yes. Like they had to pass a series of tests. They Apparently. had to do some stuff. Now, when you have seen that, all of these people before you, using the same method you're about to use, <laughs> have died. Yeah. Do you then step back and just go, okay, yeah. so the direct approach <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. So what I should do is be a sniper or I should... Use, I should attack him with dogs. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't expect that. Will he shoot the dogs? Probably won't. He likes dogs. Like anything. Like, are you brilliant assassins? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> like, they're all just dumb dumbs. That's the problem. Yeah. And yet they're supposed to be mm-hmm. this elite group of assassins. By the yeah. way, how much fucking assassin work is there that you can split the market <laughs> well we don't, i don't think you really need to uh examine the film that closely because well it, it's just a comic book that you're if that you're if, watching, if so. i was examining the film that closely yeah. here is what i would do yeah i would make it that uh the is it ian Mc, what's his uh, mcshane ian mcshane yes. ian mcshane Let, let's call him lovejoy okay let's call him lovejoy sounds good or odin um uh, lovejoy. ian ian mcshane lovejoy yeah uh that the whole thing is that he probably realizes that his uh, occupation is overly saturated, as it clearly is, yeah. with at least a thousand okay. assassins in New York alone. So you think that John Wick is being used as like a, a way to sort of wean out yeah. the... Uh, yeah. to, to raise the value yeah. of the skill set. Like if, sure. you're, if you're a plumber and there's a thousand plumbers mm-hmm. in your area, yeah. but then you get a guy to kill... 900 plumbers <laughs> then you now can charge yeah. more as a plumber your value does rise here right? yeah so yeah. i would say like that's what i would do for the next john john wick movie is show that you know this hall was a setup in order for john wick to to thin the herd and if john wick dies yeah uh, so be it that's still sure, fine sure. yeah it's fine you still got rid of a bunch of people yeah then you can take the john wick job well john wick had retired already sure but let's look at a movie like uh, nobody there's no scenes showing how nobody became nobody. Mm-hmm. There's no like scenes with a mentor, a female mentor who shows him, you know, how to be a, an assassin and teaches him all the skills and stuff like that. No, they don't need. We don't need that. But, but for whatever reason, if you have a if you have a, a, a lady killer, whether it's Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde or uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in, in Kate or whoever, Black Widow. We have peppermint. Got to have the peppermint. We got to have a. We have to have a mentor who shows them what the, you know how to be a killer. And now we understand how that lady became a killer. What I would like. Because it wouldn't happen normally. What I would like to see. Right. They just be yeah. at home playing Barbies. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes La Femme Nikita, which is where <laughs> I think this is all coming from. Sure, sure. Everyone, and that's another example of a film yeah, where yeah, she yeah. has to have well, a mentor. Of course, that's the film. Yeah. That's the movie. But in that case, he's the mentor, meaning he's a liar. Um. Yeah, but what I would what I would go with again, and you know, hey, would you write this movie then? Well, fine, maybe I will. Get off my back. Yeah, uh, we're dealing with uh, issues with our dad and uh, pining for Paul Gross right now. Okay, we're busy. <laughs> we got things to think. We got to make some. We got to make some yeah. fanfic I gotta, about due south. I got to go home for a long shower. Real after erotic. Show. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll, so. Call it, we'll call it down south. <laughs> this is gonna take take Dave's mind off his kids leaving. <laughs> Um, what I what I would say is I would like to see a movie where mm-hmm. it's a female assassin. First yeah. of all, it's weird that we're rooting for an assassin. Period. That's <laughs> it's a kind weird of strange, thing, isn't it? but it's just fun. I don't want to see fine. real assassins. Uh, I just want movie assassins. But what I would like to see is a female assassin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, find whatever actor that you want. Mm-hmm. Jodie Foster. Okay, it's Jodie Foster. Yeah, and she's and she's an assassin. Yeah, um, but she's not a good martial artist. Yeah, like she doesn't do all that shit. 
she's just like a really good planner. Mm-hmm. Of just like, well, I got to kill this person. Well, what's their? What do they do? Okay. Well, I know they're going to come in here today. They're going to yeah. drink this. They're going to do this. Going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to go behind them and stab them in the neck. They're not going to expect me. I don't need to jump on them Black Widow style, do a spin around, and then yeah. pin them and have a big martial arts fight. Yeah. In fact, I can't do that because I'm in my 50s. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just someone who plans things yeah. really well and also plans things around her home really well. So sure. she's got a lot of stuff that she well, can... Well, that's kind of... Kate, uh, this is not a spoiler. It's okay. a big, she she doesn't, like, go in and... She, she kills people from a distance. She has a, 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 a rifle... And but she assassinates I'm people. I'm assuming from a she does a martial arts fight every so often. Well, in the it, because of the situation she's in, yeah, yeah. and she needs to, yeah, yeah, she needs to get that, get you know, get get yeah. her hands dirty. But I think like the more vulnerability you get, you you give to a character, mm-hmm. you know, the better. Unless you want to do a straight out John Wick cartoon. Uh, no, no, it's fine if it's. I mean, but vulnerability in the sense that they're not they're not a superhuman yeah. being. That's fine, but I don't think that we need to have to have like some sort of fake emotional baggage sure, or sure. you know they're an assassin they're this is what they do they right. don't they have whatever whatever part of them would revolt against this they've shut off whether they're yep. slightly slightly sociopathic or they've just learned to think of it as a job and they just turn off that element of or themselves thinks the world's unfair so it, this all makes sense it all makes sense they they're two different yep. people they can they can have a relationship with a healthy relationship but at the same all, time all i'm saying is i don't want them to have near superpowers yeah yeah no, I, don't I don't want, want that. them yeah, to yeah. be jackie chan sure yeah. i would like them to just be like <laughs> but the jackie chan in the in the jackie chan movies that we should love isn't superhuman he's just no. a, a hard he has a lot. Puts a lot of effort into yeah, getting. Yeah, so if you that. come at him with a ladder, he is going to be all over that ladder <laughs> like a. You well, what know, about with a bar stool? Well, you know, he'd find a ladder and fight you. With the, <laughs> it's with the, a, it doesn't do anything with the bar stool. Yeah, and then he'd climb up some. He sure, looks sure. scared while doing it. Uh, yeah, well, anything you can have a door. It doesn't matter. Anything for him is a possible uh, way to stop you from attacking him. But to yeah, me, to me, I feel like the more that someone could see themselves in the role mm-hmm. and go like. Well, I mean, I can't be Black Widow, but I could be Jodie Foster yeah. doing this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I well, I think it. When I, well, I think John Wick works because the original one works because it's about his dog. Yeah, and we understand that. That's what makes it great. That this the movie is about, and it's good his setup. Dog. Like yes. absolutely everybody who says his name says it with a shudder, <laughs> and there's such beautiful setup to it. Yeah. And then you're used to it by the second one, and just like yeah, eh. it kind of it yeah, it's a de- I mean, it's still enjoyable, but it's definitely downhill from there, right? Well, the second one, okay, they do they do a variation on the Terminator Alien thing, whereas like uh, Terminator and Alien are horror movies, yeah, and the sequels are action movies. the The first John Wick movie isn't necessarily a horror movie, yeah, but it's not really an action movie. It's like got such a sense of. To yeah, it, yeah. and then yeah, there's a nice release of like just the sheer violence mm. throughout. But you're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. And then by the second movie, you're like, I get it. He can kill everybody. So what are yeah. we going to do? We're just going to go bananas with the action. It's his first person shooter, shooter basically. Yeah, like, there you go. Yeah. Now we get what that is. Yeah. And then by the third film, you're like, eh, it's uh, whatever. Well, gonna... well, but tell me the third film. You could you, you could... drop him off a roof and he's not going to die. <laughs> well, it's that, but it's also they're like. They're like, well, we've created this mythology, so let's carry it on. And then you're just like, so there's what, a bunch of tattooed operators? Like, what? What is this? 
Like, why, why, why does this world exist? This is really silly. Like, yeah. but, you know, they just can't, they have to kind of keep building what it. What are real people doing while this shit is going down? Because <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been to a lot maybe of these Maybe that locations. would be John Wick 3, is like, not John Wick, just someone who's nearby when all this is going on. Like, yeah, who's that guy who's, running down the street? Why are people shooting each other this in a subway station? <laughs> people in New York are busy. They got other shit to do. You know, they don't care about your, you know, vendetta. And other people in New York, by the way, have guns yeah. that are not part of Le Ligue des Assassinations. <laughs> it's right. okay, you touch the step. They don't need gold coins to shoot you. You touch the step. <laughs> yeah, there you go. By the way, and just uh, not for nothing, I uh, saw a horrible movie uh, this week. Oh, what was that? Uh, it was called Prisoners of Ghostland. Prisoners of Ghostland, which is... Starring Nicolas Cage. Hmm. Uh, takes place kind of, I guess, a post-apocalyptic future. It mm. looks like a bunch of people that are getting ready for Mad Max to start. And there's some <laughs> dream sequences. And he wears a suit uh, that has a collar around his neck that can explode. It's basically Escape from New York. He's got to go retrieve the person. Uh, except if Escape from New York did not only have a neck thing, also had things for his testicles. Um, well, that makes it worse. It really did. <laughs> Let's say it really did. You mean the movie worse or the situation worse? Let's say both. <laughs> Let's say both. All right. Let's well, say both. Let's say up the stakes. Let's say both. And right. then a lot of surrealistic stuff and just, uh, oh my God. It was just, I, again, I saw it with my, uh, my, my, my sister-in-law and we just kept looking at each other just going, is this happening? What's happening? <laughs> did you go to the theater for this? Yeah. Oh. Did, which theater did you see at theater? Uh, at the Rio. Oh, that's the biggest mistake. Don't well, go. Don't go see a Nicolas Cage movie, The Real, because you get the idiots who just come to laugh at Nicolas Cage. This would have been the movie for that, and it makes it worse. Though it makes the movie worse. Well, here's the problem: is like it was a double bill. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think I don't know if people stayed for both. Yeah. But before this was Pig, which was great. I really enjoyed Pig. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and I saw, I saw Pig another day, uh, on a different day. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't. Um, put uh, and you're like, oh well, let's see what this is, because it sounded like. Uh, it's Nick. It's Nicholas Cage, basically in Escape from New York. Well, that sounds interesting. Okay, okay. With kind of a Mad Max landscape. Well, that sounds interesting. So boring. Mm. Like you would not think that seeing him um, have a nut explode would be so boring. And then <laughs> samurais, and there's a guy who's uh, dressed in uh, the all white outfit with a cowboy hat called the Governor. And, but yet it's still uh, who's the Governor of Samurai Town? Is that what it's called, really? I didn't know that till the end, where there's just like somehow they referred to it as Samurai Town. I was like, was this Samurai Town the whole time? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of just turning to people and just going, "What's happening?" And but not in a good and way. And then there's the Ghost Land. Okay. And people are there. They're all dressed they're, like they're they again. They're in Mad Max land. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And there's a some radiation things, and there's a giant clock, and they're they got a rope around it, and they're trying to stop time. I don't know how that works. Um, yeah. There's, uh, it's a movie, man. Okay, well, I actually saw an interesting movie this okay. on the weekend. Then I have to talk about this because this is the other movie that made me think about this, which was I saw the I saw the Protege oh, with okay, Maggie okay. Q, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and Michael Keaton. I was thinking of seeing that. Should I? I would say yeah. Very good then. I you know, and that's, it's not a perfect movie, but it's an interesting film. And what always interests me about the director is it's Martin Campbell, who, as we all know, directed two of the best James Bond films, Goldeneye and. Casino Royale. Okay. Weird director, right? Also Green Lantern. A total shit show of a, of a mess. Yeah. And I don't know if it's all his fault, if he was just kind of hired on at some point and just is like, oh, I've inherited a shit show, but I guess I got to do my best. Um, 
But really, it's just so weird. Like, Pierce Brosnan's d- debut is James Bond, GoldenEye. Great film. Yep. Like, for James Bond film, like, when you're coming out of, like, kind of a... The Timothy Dalton ones are fine, but they're not, like, killer movies. They're a different situation. Yeah. yeah. And you see... And you're kind of like, well, how, how's Pierce Brosnan going to be as a James Bond? And you see that movie, you're like, great. He's going to be great. Yeah. And it's all going to be downhill. Villain, it's going to be downhill from twist. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be downhill. You know, uh, even get a good video game out of it. All right. Yeah. And then we got Casino Royale. Yep. How's Daniel Craig going to be? Holy it's, shit, good. It's going to be... He's going to get... He's going to run. That's what makes that movie great. He's going to run. And then after that, and it's again, some all good downhill. Bowl, bowl torture, as I like to see now, apparently, in every movie. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Uh, but but this movie, yeah, has Maggie Q as a young girl who's a, a, adopted by Samuel Jackson and becomes an assassin <laughs> and has to be taught by her mentor to become a great killer because no woman could do that on her own or learn. And, you know, we all sure. have to know the background of this thing. It does play into the storyline. I'll, I'll give this movie that. They do they do it well. And I, Michael Keaton is great in it as a, as, a, as a, you know, just a complete sociopath, psychopath who doesn't realize that that's what he is. Oh, okay. And thinks that he's like the most charming person who's ever lived. He's so good in that in that role, though. He's, he does a really great job. And Maggie Q's fantastic. The fight scenes are very good. Um, Samuel Jackson doesn't run. No, he doesn't. He does not run thing. in this movie. Yeah, uh, but he's that's, very. He's, that's he's, in his contract. He does a good job. It's fun. It's a bit of a mystery. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of an action movie. I, I liked it a lot. I uh, will see it. So I would say, yeah, give it a give it a, give it a look. I mean, I saw it at the Cottonwood, so I didn't pay very much to see it, and that to me is always the best way to see movies that you're kind of hmm about. But uh, I liked it. I would say I would give it a B. Okay, very good. I would give the uh, Ghosts of uh, Prisoners of Ghostland a Y. <laughs> give it a Y. Uh, I would give. I was just, it's, what, what's interesting about the Protege is that it's a really interesting film about like abuse and trauma wrapped up in a movie about you know assassins and and hit people oh, okay. and stuff like that. And what's interesting with the the Michael Keaton character is is, is you know here's this woman who's gone through all this trauma and abuse as a, a young woman in, in, in Vietnam. And he doesn't realize like that he's just kind of creating this, this situation that's just all about abuse and trauma and nagging and everything else. And it's, and it's really great. He, okay. I, I, I recommend it. I'm in. Uh, we're going to open up the old mailbag right now. Let's just do that. And there we go. Ah. It's the perfect time in the show. Eight hours in. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Here's the thing. Last week, we asked you a couple of questions. One was, is there something you had to give up that was hard to give up? Also, uh, what's your favorite episode of a podcast? No, no, it should be sitcom. I guess I was, I guess I got mixed up when I was typing it out. I favorite know. episode of a sitcom yeah. that you love. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. People people answered it right. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to blow up your testicle now. <laughs> Nicholas Cage style. <laughs> I only have one. Now I have none. You remember when Edward Drugansky uh, would be the last letter... That we you know read. what? I'm gonna give Ed this. Okay, give, give Ed something. He likes to mix it up. Damn right. You know what? He got. He said, "You know what? I just don't want to always be the last. Yeah. Sometimes I'm gonna be the first. Sometimes I'm gonna be happy in the middle. Sometimes I'll tag a letter someone else says. Yeah. With a little fact. Hmm. It's great. Or. Hmm. A rumor. Well, I'll tell you what he says this week. Hmm. I'd like to give a shout out to my fellow sneaker Crystal. There we go, Crystal. Who's taken over his spot as the final letter, typically. Uh, although she was first last week. Oh my gosh, things are so weird. Anyway, <laughs> so shout out to Crystal from us for being the first last week. 
Uh, I'd like to sh- give a shout out to my fellow sneaker crystal, who, along with uh, myself, co-represents the southern U.S. That's I, true. Yeah, I truly enjoy your entries here on the site, and along with our other fellow sneakers, it's good to know I'm not alone as we listen to Sneaky Dragon while doing our menial tasks. That's oh. what we say, Sneaky Dragon, for your menial tasks. <laughs> well, you called it Rinky Dink. I did. Rinky Dink and Menial. <laughs> that old comedy troupe. I love them. Yeah. That brother act. If uh, if there was ever a Sneaky Dragon movie, I imagine a montage showing all of us listeners doing our tasks while listening and cutting from one another to the next as we hear Dave and Ian doing the show uh, as a voiceover. <laughs> as you're all assassinated by a woman, who then you flash back and see how she was trained. Yes. How did she become a killer? Well, no woman would become a killer. That's she was, silly. She was trained listening to other podcasts. Yes. That's how it... Murder podcasts. She was so enraged by them. Yeah, that's right. She was listening to the Murder Horse podcast. Wait, horse crimes. Horse mysteries. Okay. Come on, get it right. Talk until we're horse. Coming soon, everyone. Talk until we're horse. That's what it should be called. (laughs) Um, Talking ourselves horse. That's what it is. But it's nothing to do with murder. Or or mysteries, I should say. It's not always murder, but mysteries. It has some mysteries in it. (laughs) I wrote early last time uh, because I had to drive to Lubbock, Texas last Wednesday and help my uh, doctor and uh, doctor, my daughter and her fiance move. Can I just say, uh, home of Buddy Holly? You can. Uh, you're both so comprehensive when you're describing your Canadian landscape. I thought I'd share what a six-hour drive looks like through West Texas. So buckle up, everybody. It's time for a six-hour drive discussion. First, you have to get out of the Metroplex. This is a string of cities you have to travel through when going through West Dallas, Arlington, and Fort Worth. Once you really get into the interstate travel, you will see endless wind turbines, 35 stories tall, owned by the Roscoe Wind Farms. I just want to say that Texas. They've are, they're already ready for Mad Max times, because that's going to become the Metris Plexus. There you go. And that'll, that'll be great. Yeah, watch out for Don Quixote's. <laughs> These huge machines turn using wind power to generate clean wind energy. Uh, they've been uh, growing through uh, West Texas since around 2007. Mm. That's wow. wow. Cool. Uh, then you'll start. Seeing the hundreds of oil pumps all rotating and pumping. Which, which is better. That's a good point. Uh, Although those pumps are pretty cool. That's you, right. You can see them in Alberta and Saskatchewan if you drive through there. Yeah. Do you ever like yell out the window, I drink your milkshake! Uh, all rotating and <laughs> pumping in unison while smelling the rich smell of the oil fields. <laughs> There's cattle and enormous ranches. Uh, desert, uh, is it Boots? Butts? How do you pronounce it? B-U-T-T-S. Buttes. Buttes. Yeah, we use that word in Canada. It's a beaut, eh? Beaut. And sagebrush uh, that makes you feel like you're either in a Roadrunner cartoon or on Tatooine. By the way, speaking of Keanu Reeves, he yeah. plays a sagebrush in the new uh, SpongeBob movie and does a great job. Love he it. plays a sagebrush named Sage, who is a sage. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so it, I take it from that you saw the new Spongebob movie. I did and quite enjoyed it It's a very good show uh, I've not seen the movie though But I love the show uh, The uh, movie is also good If those oil pumps were moisture vaporizers uh, Vaporators And uh, I were driving a land speeder It would be Tatooine Yeah pretty much I guess so If you're By the way If you're in a land speeder You yeah, are a If you're in a land speeder yeah. It's Tatooine Yeah uh, Do you have a droid with you? And do you have slaves? Well they are slaves The droids well, I guess that's true Are you driving by a giant skeleton Of some sort of reptilian creature? Then probably. <laughs> a crate, crate dragon? Crate dragon. Yeah. That's what they're called. Then you might be a Jedi. <laughs> you, you might be a Jedi. No offense to everyone from the South. And there's endless miles of red sand and dirt that blows everywhere. Yeah. It's dirty and hot, but beautiful. Do you drink blue milk? 
You might be a person who lives in Tatooine. Are you kissing your sister? Then you might be a Jedi. (laughs) Is she one of only two women in the galaxy? Sorry, let me finish. No wonder you're kissing your sister. It's dirty and hot, but beautiful in its own rustic and unique way. It does sound beautiful. I would, I would love to see that. Uh, I'm watching Why the Last Man uh, through FX on Hulu here, which we subscribe to. Well done. So I found the first episode and got right into it late Sunday night, early Monday morning. How exciting for Pia to see her name on a major television series. I felt uh, excited. I feel excited for her when I see her name on the credits. Very cool. You feel excited. <laughs> She's on the credits twice, which is nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Very cool. Is there a way to go somewhere and rate the show or give it a review in some way? This is a good question. I know you can on things like Netflix, but I I don't have Hulu. So maybe if you go to the episode, maybe there is a way of of rating it. It's probably really complicated and they make you jump through a lot of hoops. I never read the comic, but I'm now following the series and spreading the word as much as possible. That is very appreciated. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for the description of uh, where you live. That's yeah, that was really, really nice. Uh, I w- hope one day to drive through there. Mm-hmm. And uh, pick up some burgers. Yeah. Speaking of food, mm. um, Crystal then replies, I was thinking of that perhaps you and I, saying to Edward, yeah. uh, would suggest some foods for Dave to seek out and try if he ever makes a trip to the South. Well, I, I will make a trip, and I will try them if you tell me. Very good. And then you will take pictures of yourself eating it. <sighs> I don't know about them. Yep. Remember. <laughs> I guess I would, just to prove that I, I followed people's advice. Triple dog did it. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Then uh, Lisa writes, Oh, my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you kid, but oh, my wife. Uh, I will answer question number one. Things I had to give up that I hated to give up. I have a few, uh, LOL. Get ready for a wine fest. And that is with an H. Oh, okay. The first was sidewalks. Huh. H6. When I was six, we moved from the city to the farm. In the city, my mom, little brother, and I used to walk everywhere. When we moved to the farm, my mom was pretty busy. Uh, although I didn't really appreciate that at the time. I missed our walks. She told me uh, that we weren't able to go on walks anymore because the roads by the farm had no sidewalks. This made me very sad that I had to give up our regular constitutionals because we didn't have sidewalks anymore. <laughs> I see now that I was just a gullible little fool! <laughs> but I ultimately uh, grew to love our new home on the farm and I wouldn't have traded it for all the sidewalks in the world. Wow, there's a lot of sidewalks in the world. I don't know. I don't know where you come out of that. The second was the Prince Philip Games at age 14. Mm-hmm. PPG is a collection of relay races, Blade on Ponies. Back when I competed, the maximum age was 14. It was my first experience being too old for something that I really, really wanted to continue on. I had developed a level of competency and experienced some real success competitively with it, and then I was too old. Not quite a decade after I aged out, they extended the age by forming an older age category, but it was already too late for me. Around that same time, over in Europe, an all-ages competitive league was getting underway, but it took another three decades to get over here to the west coast of Canada. A bit late for me, sadly. Yep. Thanks, Prince Philip. <laughs> the third was Pony Club at age 21. Mm-hmm. When I was young, PC ended on your 21st birthday. Fortunately for me, I was able to compete all, complete all my testing prior to the final age deadline. Although I left it pretty late, snuck under the wire with just two months to spare. About 10 years ago, PC has opened up to adults 
but it took me until 2020 to rejoin for a variety of reasons. And sadly, it has been pretty much a washout due to COVID restrictions. <sighs> yeah. What a world. What a COVID-y world. There's more, Dave. Yeah. The Good. fourth was a nightclub I used to go into in Vancouver called The Love Affair, mm-hmm. age 25 to 30. It played a lot of new music I didn't have access to uh, elsewhere. But over time, my friend group changed. I didn't like going by myself, and sadly it closed. And I still miss it. The fifth <laughs> was my Mustang, age 30th. Uh, from the time I was young, a family friend had a 1969 <laughs> Mustang uh, Mach 1. I loved the car. When I turned 19, I received a small inheritance that allowed me to go out and buy a 1969 Mustang convertible. I drove that car for many years, including uh, through two engine changes, but eventually my dad was sick of it and engineered a situation where I had to park it over winter. I was busy uh, putting myself through university and didn't have a lot of spare cash. I was blocked in my attempts to get it back on the road, and so now it's it. I periodically still have dreams of driving it. The rumble of that car's engine was music to me. The power was thrilling, if not sometimes. It's downright dangerous. I can remember hearing her coming in a car. I could hear it from a, from like a mile away. I could just hear the blub, 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 blub. One thing I remember about uh, my friend Roger, who is still alive. I say like he's dead. Um, you could hear him blocks away coming okay. that car. <laughs> like when I got into the car, I was like, just drive, just drive, just drive. I don't want my neighbors to know that this, I'm part of this situation. Just, just drive, just, just drive. How you been? Good. Just drive, drive, just drive. The six was uh, my horse show career, age 31. I had grown up riding competitively with Olympic aspirations and had represented my country internationally and been invited to ride with the coach of the Canadian Olympic team in the West Coast Trials. I had put myself through university riding, training, and showing horses for people. And then in one year, I graduated from university, got a job, and lost all five of my competitive horses in about a five-month period. One horse to major surgery, one to a car accident. Both survived but were not able to regain their original competitive form and others as client horses to financial constraints. People were showing for a variety of reasons. So all of a sudden, I had no horses. I now had a time-consuming and non-horse-related means of making an income and very little time after work as I was still coaching riding after school. And my riding career just disappeared in a poof. It had originally, uh, I had originally thought it would be a momenta- momenta- poof, momentary, uh, but whereas previously I could get on any horse and get to do anything, now that ability seems to have vanished as well. Man, this is whinier than I thought. Last! <laughs> my vitality. <laughs> oh my Age 32. Mm, wow. Before I got pregnant, I was extremely fit and muscular. I never had great cardiovascular fitness, looking back, but as an equestrian, strength and skill are higher on the list, and I had those in spades. I can remember thinking pregnancy uh, would, would be a breeze. Billions had done it before me. What was the big deal? But it turns out I was not good at being pregnant. I had developed preeclampsia, a not well understood circulatory disease that can end catastrophically. I was undiagnosed and therefore untreated for some strange reason for at least two months. And I guess by then the damage was done. Prior to pregnancy, I had always had great blood pressure readings. Most people who have preeclampsia instantaneously recover as soon as the baby's delivered. The surgeon doing the C-section commented on my blood pressure dropping once the baby was delivered. However, when I was in the recovery room, something went wrong with my BP and it went through the roof. I'll never forget the look on the nurse's face. She gave me an injection of morphine, uh, but from then on, I've had to be medicated ever since to control it. 
my next pregnancy was even worth health-wise. And since then, I've always had this vision of me as a transparent, human-shaped hourglass sand clock, uh, but with only 5 to 20% of sand energy visible and accessible at any time, depending on the day. Maybe that's just what getting older feels like, but for me, it was such a rapid departure from the supreme level of fitness, health, and vitality I'd previously had that it was really a tangible change to my being. Oh, boo. Uh, I hate saying that, like I'm being sarcastic <laughs> towards you, and I'm not. Very sympathetic. Anyway, uh, I'll, other than all that, life is good, but I do miss those things I once had. I'm happy to have had them, though. Yes. Yeah, there's times where, like, you know, you're going through something, and I'm going like, okay, so is this something that's gone wrong with my body? Or is it that I'm 54? <laughs> I've never been 54 before. Yeah. What's that like? Is that, the, is that do these things happen at mm-hmm. that time? Yeah. No, and it's again, true. You want that book that's called So Time, eh? <laughs> I do have a book actually called, it's called like the Adult Body or something like that. And it, it goes through all the stages of development i had one called the child's body that also did that mm-hmm. takes you through all the stages of like mental development as well as physical development so it, what you can expect at each okay. month or eight or year of a child what you can expect when you're developing yeah what yeah. you expect when your child is this age what they, what they can do what you know what what physical abilities does it have things have. like when you're uh, like the other book does it have stuff like when you're 30 when you're 40 when you're oh, okay mm-hmm. has it been accurate i don't know i should take a look at it actually <laughs> it's been a while since i looked at them okay the child's body was very accurate in terms of what each phase brought with it. it was That'd be interesting pretty... if like 30 uh, just has nothing because it's just like, <laughs> we know you're not looking. And just like uh, 40 is like, hey, buddy, welcome. Yep. Uh-huh. So you felt that pain, huh? Okay, so let's talk. I, my 40s were great. I had no I had no complaints about those 40s. I remember that was something my dad said was that uh, his 40s were the best. Mm. Yeah, I, I uh, disagree. Um, <laughs> Louise writes... And, you know, it's not an episode without Louise. It's uh, not. You asked for a favorite episode of a sitcom you love, but on the web page, the question turned out to be an episode of the podcast. So I'm going to answer both. Thank you, Louise. Very good. Sneaky Dragon listening party fans might like to check out Strong Songs, a podcast about music. The genial host is musician-composer Kirk Hamilton, who takes a deep technical dive into the iconic songs from all genres of popular music from the past 60 years. <laughs> Dave might be interesting, interested probably. In I might be interesting. And in his analysis of A Day in the Life by the Beatles hmm. and God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Cool. My favorite episode is a breakdown of the goofiest of mega hits, Bohemian Rhapsody. Goofiest and, is the word. And one of my favorite sitcom episodes is from the Mary Tyler Moore. It's not. It's from Mary Tyler Moore. It's not Chuckles Bites the Dust, which is a classic, but The Dinner Party. From 1973, Mary attempts to host an elegant dinner party <laughs> for a congressman in her small apartment. Yes. Uh, this one guest stars Betty White as Sue Ann Nivens and Henry Winkler in his first primetime TV role as uh, Rhoda's recently sacked co-worker. <laughs> the characters keep bringing up Mary's apparent history of throwing disastrous dinner parties. Those stakes are high for this one to succeed. You can check it out on YouTube. I, I just might. And I was sorry to read of Norm MacDonald's passing. I always enjoyed his work on Saturday Night Live and his appearances on talk shows. He was one I- ironic iconoclast. Agreed. We should have talked about him. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record some stuff after the show and we'll just put it in the middle. That's a good idea. And it'll sound smooth. That's a good idea. People won't be able to tell. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some stuff too where we're pining over Paul Gross. <laughs> okay. Pining or... Maybe a little bit more than pining. 
Don't see know. how see how we okay. plays out. See how it plays out for sure. Good idea. Edward Dragansky. What? Ed. Um, good to good to have you. You can write more than once. Absolutely. Yeah. Fine. It's wonderful. About five years ago, I was diagnosed as a type two diabetic, and the thought of giving up sugar and everything I ate was actually a blessing in disguise. Many would struggle with this, but I found that uh, by cutting sugar and glucose out of my diet, it actually made me feel better. Hmm. Diabetes runs heavily in my family, so I'm not alone. I've just had to get more creative with what I eat and focus on alternatives to anything with sugar. I remember when my doctor was... Spinach. T- spinach? Yeah, you can do some stuff with spinach. Sure. Don't you badmouth spinach, bro. <laughs> okay. This Sorry. is the stuff I was talking about earlier I, that I like to do. I, I like apologize to do- spinach. That's right. I remember uh, when my... Have you had just a little spinach, put a little butter in there, mixed it up with like sautéed spinach? It's fine. Some mushrooms? It's not my favorite vegetable. I will eat it, but it's not my fave. All right. Not into the leafy ones. You don't like the leafy Not, not a cooked. Kid. Not cooked. Oh? You like a little raw spinach? I wouldn't go that far either. You like it in a smoothie. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? I have, I have it in a smoothie. <laughs> okay. I do, actually. Sure. I have a green smoothie. I do enjoy a green smoothie. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Back to Edward's yeah. thing. Quit ignoring uh, Ed. I had to get more creative when I eat and focus on alternatives to anything with sugar. I remember when my doctor was telling me how to start and what to cut from my diet first, I asked her, uh, can I still have coffee? She said, yes, you can have all the coffee you want. Just use a sweetener like uh, Splenda or Equal. So I always uh, think that would uh, that would have been the worst alternative. I'll give up anything if I can still have my coffee in a mug that's uh, half full. <laughs> uh, the taxi episode where Jim's uh, with Jim's driving test that you mentioned is a classic. I'll back you up on that one. I love Taxi ever since it was on primetime. You also mentioned something about catching coins in your uh, hand off your elbow, and I distinctly remember a Happy Days episode, that's right, uh, with a guy (laughs) doing that. But why? All I remember was the next day in school, everyone was trying it. Yes, we were, uh, because we saw it the night before on Happy Days, and it was something you could actually do. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it was juggling or something. No, it was uh, conceivable. Fuck. Uh, I was such a sitcom junkie in the 70s and 80s. It's funny you mentioned the Beverly Hillbillies uh, last time. Uh, We were all just trying to explain to my 21-year-old stepson last week, along with many other sitcoms. We were trying to explain it to my 21-year-old stepson last week, uh, along with many other sitcoms of the time. He really didn't grasp the silly nature of most of these shows since he didn't grow up with them like we did. But it was fun to uh, explain the harmless nature of the way sitcoms were back then. My all-time favorite was an episode of Cheers from 1987 titled Cheers the Motion Picture. When I was young, I loved it when uh, live audience studio shot sitcoms would go out into the real world and shoot part of the show on film. Hmm. It seemed uh, more real to me and enhanced the show. Happy Days did it quite a bit, and I loved it when that happened. In this Cheers episode, after Woody's uncle uh, had a bad experience in Boston, the family urges Woody to move back home to Indiana. The gang at Cheers decides to make a movie film uh, featuring Woody in everyday life and how uh, safe he is among his friends in Boston. The funny part is watching these great sitcom actors doing their best to act bad on this home movie they're making for Woody. It's hysterical how uncomfortably bad they are on film. The great part is uh, they can go everywhere with Woody, places you've only heard about, and it's all on 8mm movie film. You can see Carla's house, Cliff on his mail route, Fraser at his uh, psychiatric office, and best of all, Norm at the Hungry uh, Heifer. Heifer? Heifer. Heifer. You know what? Heifer is such a hard word for me to say. (laughs) They even yell Norm when he walks in there. The film is so horribly bad that Diane re-edits the film and sends her avant-garde edit to Woody's family, which makes it even worse. Woody's about to leave 
when the family receives a simple letter from a Cheers patron who just happens to be the old man who's always sitting at the opposite end of the bar. Hmm. Oh, that's very sweet. I've never seen that episode. One of my favorite episodes of WKRP is one where Herb is on a reality show about families. And it's Edie McClurg as his wife. Okay. And his uh, son uh, is uh, likes to play with dolls. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's just him trying to present himself well and it just all going to pieces. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, yeah, it's a very good episode. It's all done uh, on film. Gets dark near the end. Crystal writes. <laughs> Hello, I'm, Crystal. I'm struggling to give up saying yes to taking on more responsibilities and starting new projects. I like being included in activities because it makes me feel valued and I excel at what I do. The downside is that when I have too much on my plate, I stress out about all the work and find it hard to get anything done. I recognize that I tend to stretch myself too thin. I really do hate to disappoint people and I am trying to work on this. But guys, the struggle is real. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds familiar. That sounds very, very familiar. Yes, I am the same. I, I have a hard time saying no to people because all my value is in other people's opinion of me. Oh, so uh, if you could give us a good review on iTunes, that'd be great for Dave. <laughs> that would help me. Yeah, five stars for Dave. It helps him out. We haven't had reviews on iTunes for a long time. Or I haven't, yeah, I haven't, that would feel good. I haven't looked at reviews go, go, for a long time. Go to on iTunes and give uh, show a nice review and say something <laughs> nice about Dave. Yeah, that's all or it takes. Or go to Patreon and like you know give, give us money. That also is good. <laughs> Picking one favorite episode from a favorite sitcom is a difficult choice to make. It's like being asked to pick one. Just one favorite Beatles song. Hmm, I could pick it. Okay, go. I'm the walrus. All right. Always. Now sitcom. <laughs> favorite sitcom yeah. of all time? Yep. Yeah. Monkeys. Boop. What was the episode? Oh, favorite episode of the monkeys. Um, I would have to say the one where, uh, the alien one where is it Mickey gets replaced. And they, can, they can tell because his feet are backwards. <laughs> okay. It's in the second season. I can't Sounds remember the name good. of it. It's a good one, though. The Frobos experiment or something like that. I got a weird title. I think it was directed by uh, Mickey Dolenz. Okay. It's a good one. Very nice. Uh, first episode of uh, Police Squad. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Uh, some of the episodes that come to mind when I think about this question are the episode of the Beverly Hillbillies where Granny confuses a movie being filmed with the South rising again. <laughs> Granny captures the actor portraying Grant and they both up drunk and form a bond. The episode of Bewitched where Serena uh, kidnaps Boyce and Hart Huh. So they can perform at uh, the Cosmos uh, Cotillion. Speaking of the monkeys. The episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show, where they have to attend the funeral of Chuckles the Clown, mm. as uh, mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. The episode of I Dream of Jeannie, where Jeannie blinks up some talent uh, for a singing group, portrayed by Boyce and Hart. Boyce and Hart again. You know, yeah. they wrote like Last Train to Clarksville and the monkeys theme. I did like not that. know that. That is a good... They, uh, were, they were like kind of the main, uh, the main songwriters for the first, first Monkeys album. Very nice. And uh, not to be confused with Lauren and Hart, who were a Canadian <laughs> show. And then Lauren Michaels went, I'm leaving this. And went and started Saturday Night Live, which we were discussing earlier. It all is connected. Uh, so, and Jeannie uh, plays the drums with them. And hmm, five, cool. the episode of Seinfeld, where a junior mint saves a guy's life. There are many more. And Dave, uh, <laughs> Dave asked about the watermelon preserves. I did. I think it is a food item that is dying out in the South. You can find uh, a jar in some stores... But okay. it isn't likely uh, like going to the grocery store and finding 30 million brands of grape jam. Isn't it grape jelly? It's jam as well. Sure. Grape jam. You know, it's kind of funny that... Uh, I think there's more jam than jelly, I'd say. On a sh I would say. I, just, I, I, I always heard like grape jelly as like an Americanism. So I just wondered. People but, say peanut butter and jelly. 
But they normally go with jam when you're seeing your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's yeah. not jelly. That's jam. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't want to call them a liar, but by gosh, they're liars. What I think is interesting there is is you don't really see that much grape jam here in Canada. We're not really grape jam people as a nation. Like if you went We're to more this... blueberry jam people. Well, I mean, blueberry jam. What the hell are you talking about? What? Are you serious? Blueberry yeah. jam? Like if oh, you go yeah. to the store and it's full yeah. of blueberry jam? Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. More than strawberry or raspberry? Well, they got strawberry. Yeah, you got that too. But That's you also got the... blueberry. But strawberry is like the biggest. Yeah. Like strawberry is strawberry jam is kind of our grape jam, I think, for the, what the States would... I I'm don't, not talking down strawberry jam. I'm no. saying that there's blueberry jam. If we're looking, oh no, at like, that's fine. But yeah. I'm just—I don't think it's quite as popular as you're making out. All right, let's get. I know you story. like it, but it just feels weird to say. Oh, I think it's a personal thing. Though. All right, <laughs> it just feels weird to like go. I like blueberry jam. The the shelves are stocked. There's full a of lot it. of blueberry jam. I'm gonna have to go look because this is. Oh weird. my gosh! Where do you go to? Wait, is this at the blueberry wait jam a store? Second. All right, wait a second. The jams in it. Most popular jams in Canada. Yeah. There, I'm going to find out here. Sure, you, you go for yeah, it. Yeah, what are the most popular jams? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's American. I don't want this. <laughs> it's me full of grape jam. Anyway, what's the most popular uh, American jam? Grape jelly. No, strawberry. strawberry. Oh, really? Yeah. How come there's 30 million? Uh, I know she's uh, rhetorically exaggerating, but... Uh, yeah, this is tough. Ian's having trouble finding a, a Canada-specific... Jam yeah, that's thing. that is my problem. Yeah, I, I gotta go with like. You know what? I'm gonna go with an anecdotal thing. I'm gonna go to the store. I'm yeah. gonna go to go to the store on Friday this tomorrow, and maybe I'm not. Well, anyway, I'll, sometime this weekend I'll go to the store and I'm gonna look and see what. Uh, yeah, this bothers me. I got. I have food for tomorrow. I don't need to go to the store. Okay, let's just continue with the letter and stop. Please. Uh, you know, uh, you might find one the watermelon if you're lucky. I read that uh, Martha Washington used to make this uh, preserve for George and her family. Cool. So it is an older recipe. And I've also read it was extremely popular during the Great Depression because it helped to stretch food. Mm. It's probably like a squirrel in that it has fallen out of fashion and out of the collective memory of the community. Forty years ago, squirrel was a common food staple around the South. Not so much now. Hmm. Yeah, well, at least you've got the tale to tell. The tale. It's got a tale. I forget You're it. You're nuts. You know what? I don't... Oh. Boing. I'll close with, I'll close with one uh, fun TV fact. Sharon Tate uh, was one of the secretaries at the Beverly Hills Bank on the Beverly Hillbillies. I've read that she even dated Max Bear Jr. for a while, the guy who played Jethro. Have a great week. Uh, Edward asks, is it true Max Bear Jr. was also a porn actor in later years? If true, so many jokes spring to mind. Edward, I hadn't heard about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I've also... Heard that he was kind of a jerk to people and bitter around being typecast as Jethro. I think he ended uh, directing and producing a movie adaptation of Ode to Billy Joe of the Ode to Billy Joe song. Oh yeah, I remember that. Was uh... trying to construct a Beverly Hills themed casino. Um, I'm doubting the porn thing. But... What, was, what was the name of the actor who was in the Ode to Billy Joe? It was a uh, kind of a very popular Tiger Beat cover star of the time. Okay. Can't remember his name now. Well, let's let's, let's find out. Let's find out uh, who that who that is. You know, there we go. Robbie Benson. There you go. Nice. I was up for a role playing a young Robbie Benson once upon a time. Yeah, I can see that because you had dark hair. I mean, you still have luxurious, flowing dark hair. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it was one where he was a runner. Um, and they said, "Can you run?" I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Sure." Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I looking up there? I was looking. Up, I was trying to look at. Oh, uh, whether Max Bear was a porn star. Okay. Uh, I feel uncomfortable about this. Why, yeah. Why, you can why, have a, can have quite the uh, quite the Google uh, profile now. I'm going. Oh, I feel bad. 
Oh, is it? Oh, I don't know. Really? Is it? Oh. But but yeah. And oh. Snopes now. Do you want me to read? A, do you want me to read an email I got? Why? Why? Are why, you done with? Are you done why, with? Why don't you? And uh, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna look something up here. Okay. And do you? What? Okay. Okay. So are are we all done with comments? We're we're done with those comments. Yeah, I'm there. And, okay. Uh, all right. So we got we got an email from from Regis. Uh, which is is t- titled 510 or 509 late comment. He just says, "Hey, I did not have time last week to listen to the listen to 509, and then answer the question. I participated. I I uh, will say answer the question I asked, and have already answered too because no tractoring, which sci- which scientifically proves." the superiority of the tractor for listening to a podcast. But to be honest, statistically speaking, my numbers are a bit on the light side. The, for the most part, I, I really drove one of those when to, in the times where the FM radio was a luxurious novelty. The internet was just a DARPA project, and HTML was just an idea in some deranged CERN boffin's mind. Is it CERN or Kern? I never know. ADSL had not been invented, and I think that modern... Sorry, I think that uh, modems were not even running at their peak blazing sp- speed of 506k bods. Anyone remember bods? B-A-U-D-S? No, me neither. I just remember Paul Gross's bod. So It was no Max Bear Jr. <laughs> who, so, by the way, was not a porn star. That seems ridiculous. Though there is a porn star with that name. That I see. That's the, that's the that's mix-up. that's why I was just having a big page of gay <laughs> pornography on my computer. <laughs> All right. I wasn't looking at Paul Gross, everyone, honestly. So, podcast? Nobody even dreamt about them. To be completely honest, I listened to Sneaky Dragon before going to bed, which has the side effect of dragging me way past my, my healthy sleep time, which otherwise I find many other reasons to blow anyway. For the record, agriculture is making quite a comeback, it seems. Bill Gates made some investments recently. Javier Niel, our own Steve Jobs, creator of Free, which has, which has revolutionized internet ADSL access here in France, okay. is creating an agricultural school. He already created one for computer science, which is called 42. These geeks. And last, but really not least, Jeremy Clarkson, uh, who has his own farm, has made a series about it. But I think that the real reason uh, for this show... uh, Sorry, but I think the real reason for that show was getting a ginormous Lamborghini tractor, which (laughs) I very well understand, but nonetheless makes me quite jealous. The more I listen to, the more I love Dark Shadows. Tight, but loose... rendition i don't want to see the original which can't compete <laughs> so keep on tractoring which means continue doing an amazing thing regis thank you very much very regis. Nice. we appreciate that and regis i'm going to send you an email you're going to get it before the show but i'm going to send it to you i'm not going to tell you what's on it the email but i think you will enjoy it here's a uh, max bear jr thing oops sorry that was um, my phone falling on you're right about the ode to billy joe uh, which he directed um, hmm. In 1974, he wrote and produced the drama, uh, is it Mason County? Is that how you say it? Macon. Macon County, a line. Uh, and he also uh, was one of the stars of it. And uh, it was the highest grossing movie per dollar invested at the time. Made for $110,000, it grossed $25 million. And that record yeah. of the uh, highest grossing movie per dollar yeah. was beaten in 1999 by what movie? Uh, 1999? Made cheap, did well. 
Um, let me just think here. I can't... Uh, 1999. My guess was wrong. I was going to guess Clerks. I was thinking that, so but that's it wrong. it is not. That, okay. It's a move from 1999. Uh, the Matrix. It, it, nope. <laughs> the Matrix costs more. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is uh, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, that came out in 1999. Wow, yes, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That movie is cheaply made and also not very good. Yep. That's my review of The Blair Witch Project. I know I'm alone in this, everyone, but... He also tried to get the rights to the hit song Like a Virgin to make a film out of it, but uh, it did not get work it. out. Nope. He was going to make the sequel to Ode to Billy Joel called Like a Virgin. Yes. That's why he jumped. And he's the only surviving cast member of the Beverly Hillbillies. I hope in the movie Ode to Billy Joel they keep cutting to, to the family eating eating dinner like through the whole movie. Every time there's like r- random moments they cut to the... Because that's what the song's about, right? Like the family is eating their dinner and talking about this person who... who Something happened to, we're never too sure exactly what. Oh, he says he jumped off the Tallahassee Bridge, yeah. so yeah, he jumped, so possibly a suicide or... Billy be, Joel McAllister. Yeah, Billy Joel McAllister. Tallahassee Bridge. But then, like, they're asking to pass the peas and stuff like that while they're talking about this Is thing that right? the song. Yeah, yeah. So the song kind of interjects between these two. Can you think of any other song that uh, takes place during dinner and has people actually asking to pass? Yeah, I know, it's weird, <laughs> isn't it? I know I can't off the top of my head. I honestly can't. So it's that's what makes that song kind of remarkable is is the is the mystery of it, and then also the um, just that that kind of familial element of it with a, a family discussing it while having dinner. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I'll try to look what was in the uh, dinner. There, there we go. Okay. <laughs> what was in the dinner? Peas, I believe. Yeah, I was thinking like past the peas, potatoes. Yeah. Uh, I bet it was a good meal. <laughs> Sure. I wonder if they had any of that watermelon. I thought we had that melon rind uh, marmalade. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty good. Melon made. And then it's just like uh, all all the blueberry uh, jam. <laughs> what? How is that blueberry jam? <laughs> <laughs> blueberry so, jam. so do we have questions for next week aside from, uh, do you have a horse? Have you ever owned a horse? <laughs> that seems very, that seems very uh, niche. I know, but I'm, I'm going for it. It's a niche one. Um, Let me think here. What are we talking about today? Um, hmm. How about... <laughs> Sorry. I looked for top jams in Canada. Yeah. And it's uh, Joni Mitchell, A Case of You, Tragically Hip, <laughs> Wheat Kings, Gordon Lightfoot, Canadian Railroad Trilogy. Well, I don't think you're getting what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're just not that into food in Canada, I guess. We don't list these things. Yeah. Sorry about that. We, are, we, the, uh, our major... Um, kind of website to go to for news and stuff in Canada is called Buzzkill. So we just really don't have like a lot of <laughs> quizzes and stuff on it. It's a little bit different. Um, how about, how, I don't know. How about, oh, I can't think of anything. Mine's really dumb and I didn't want to say it. Oh, come on. It's dumb. Like, have you heard the show? <laughs> okay, I was going to say, what, who's your fav- favorite female action star? Yeah, that's great. Okay. What's wrong with that? I was oh, trying right. to think something along those, those lines as well. Okay. That's, oops, go. I keep clipping, clicking my watch against the table. Yeah. And were they all trained in the movie by Donald Sutherland? Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Did Donald get in there? Oh, why do we not have a listing of the, of the jams that we like in Canada? Well, like I say, we don't, have a, we don't have a site that lists those sort of things. Under best preserves, the first one that comes up yeah. is Smucker's Goober Spread. Well, that's wrong. 
Is that even? That's one hundred percent wrong. So is a goober. This is peanuts. That's is peanut butter, isn't it? Peanut butter and jam in the same. Uh, oh, I thing, see. Or jelly. In the that same can't be thing. any good. It can't be. You gotta have. You gotta be able to regulate your own amounts of peanut butter and jelly. I don't even know what's going or on jam. in this world. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay, sub sub question. Okay. Best jam. Okay, best jam sounds good. Yeah. Like flavor jam. Yeah, like your favorite 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 jam. Okay, very good. How will these people uh, contact us, Dick? Well, this is how you're going to do it, everyone. You're going to go to sneakydragon.com. That's our website. There you'll find the show. There you'll find space underneath it for your thoughts, feelings, comments, opinions, and otherwise things you might want to say. Uh, if you're a private person or like me to, to read your, your words, you can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com like, like Regis. You can also contact us via a little thing I like to call Twitter. It's uh, sneaky underscore dragon. That reminds me, someone did contact us, contact us, contact us via Twitter. Oh, so they? while I'm talking, I'm going to try and open my phone. Okay. And uh, but I'm not going to keep doing that anyway. So we have a Facebook page. It's called Sneaky Dragon. We have, uh, like you were saying, a Patreon page, which is also called Sneaky Dragon. It's kind of a theme that we go for. Yeah. You're welcome to go there and support the show if you if you love it, if you love it like we do, and uh, or even if you don't like it like us, if you just kind of admire it from a distance. That's also cool. Yeah, if you creep on it. <laughs> if, you, if you creep on our show. If you're like us with Paul Gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's not creepy. No, it's nothing creepy about that. No, it's fine. Everything's great. What's it's his all, problem? It's all perfect. Well, you, how dare you, what's it? What's his problem? I'm trying to find this thing on our uh, Twitter. So I just want to say that uh, Carol Franklin contacted us via Twitter and had to say that uh, she said, or he said, I'm going to say she, because Carol seems more commonly used for, for, for women. I'm sorry, Carol, that I mixed up, uh, if I mixed up. My favorite recent biography is Mama's Boy by, and then it gives the Twitter handle. So it's Lance Black, who wrote Milk. He's married to our diver, Tom Daly, 1994. It's about the late, uh, sorry, I have to take off my glasses for this sure. small reading. It's about his late mom, a Texas Mormon, coming to terms with him being gay. Brilliant read. And then adds to our question about how you listen to the podcast. I listened on the bus mostly. So thank you very much. And that does sound really interesting. Mm -hmm. But I have a th another question for you, though, Carol, which is why you have a diver. Is it a diver for, at where you work? Mm. And what sort of diver? Are they like an underwater welder or something? Yeah, what's up? Give us, give us some... Uh, give, give us a some, scoop. Give, give us, us a the, scoop on uh, that. Yeah, we want to People give us a 411. We want to know. That's very meaningful to someone from Britain. Give us a 411. Uh, give us the, oh, well, I know 999 is the emergency number. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the number for 444? 444. I was just going to oh, say. 444, yeah, four, 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 right? four. yeah, of course. Come on. It's obvious. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's, that's Twitter. So you can contact us there as well. And if, if I'm, if my head's in the game, I will remember to read it. If it's not, well, let's have to wait a week. I'm sorry. Because I am a human being. Everyone, let me prove to you that I'm a human being. We're leaving so we can go eat. That's how human being we are. And we have to use our, we have to use our uh, vaccine uh, passport. Yep, we're going to have so much jam. <laughs> we're going to have so much blueberry jam. It's going to be crazy. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you in a week. Bye.
the time, this is back in your apartment, we were watching a show or whatever, and I was eating Sour Patch Kids and I broke my tooth, which seems wrong. It was a little, I don't know, a little, I felt a little let down by my teeth. <laughs> but they it, they've broken the... No, I don't remember that. Oh. Did you get it fixed? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting them fixed again, because all those... Oh, that reminds me. I'm just going to make a quick phone call. Please do.